I love you both, both even more than I love Sinful Gear. <laughs> <laughs> I love you both more than I love Sinful Gear. I think that's a fair thing to say. I don't think there's anything oh, wrong. God. We accidentally put Rhett. We accidentally put <laughs> Rhett in a in a box where he has where he's. <laughs> oh no! This is an awkward box for Rhett. Oh no! Don't worry, Rhett. You don't have to say anything. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Do, I didn't mean to do that to you. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> oh Christ! Oh. I will say, John. Remember that question a year ago. Would you cho- would you destroy Simple Gear or Neptunia? Neptunia. Yes. Oh, Neptunia. Later, Nep. Bye. Started, Just, yeah, you started off. You started off. I would destroy Simple Gear because Nep brings so many joy to all my friends. And Simple Gear just brings joy to me. And now he's just like, like fuck it. Fuck him. <laughs> it has sustained itself for a fucking year. I ne- I didn't expect that. Everybody, welcome to another Depresso Espresso episode of the Soxcast, episode 121, brought to you as always by Moon Pies. Moon Pies, they're brown going in and coming out. Oh, we, we still used it. Yay. It's still funny. Yay. Who's ready for a podcast? <laughs> I'm ready. We are all, we're here. We're ready. It's going to be, it's going to be good times for all. I can promise you that every time you tune in. To an episode of the Sox cast. <laughs> Don't you worry. We're going to be the ones to turn that frown upside down. Just like Jesus. <laughs> to my immediate virtual right, check out his new band, Smush Pussy. It's Rhett. <laughs> That's a good name for a band. <laughs> hey, Rhett. How's it going? It's... It's going. Yo, I woke up, I looked at the clock, and I went back to sleep for two and a half hours. To just, I was just like, fast forward to podcast time. Right. <laughs> yo. I be awake ever. Yo, yo, over here smushing pussy. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're ready for a podcast now. Yeah, we got you primed and ready. It's good. Two in one week. Two in a week. Look at you. God, this is three for you. You did the Higurashi thing. Oh my god, I didn't even think about oh god, that. True. Yeah, we just did that Higurashi spoiler cast that literally nobody's going to listen to. But I it's, really it, regretted not putting it on my podcast, my MP3 player on Saturday or Friday. Or Friday, yeah. Uh, so. I caught most of it. It was really good. I had to check out right before the end to go to sleep. Oh yeah, it, it ended up going a lot longer than we thought it would. Like, <laughs> you know, I, thought, I, thought thing, I thought, oh, it'll be a couple hours. Yeah, that's not a. That's a pretty good guess. Usually, man, it's going to be longer than you expect. Higurashi oh, it'll take five hours to do hundred games. Higurashi is hard to talk about and make it quick. Hmm. It's almost like if you were tr- if you were going to adapt it to an anime, you might ha- <laughs> you might have to cut some things out. They've got it this time. Second I, time's charm. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. But the first one was totally fine. I know. To my immediate virtual left, he finds the trout to be the most Nietzschean fish. It's John Thayer. Hi. Hey. That's that that one. That, How that am I doing? That intro was for you because you probably think I don't pay attention to your Twitter feed, but I do. I do. I saw it. It was a good joke. All right. Good, good. We're, I'm glad that we're in agreement that I took your good joke and made it my good joke. I feel like we're having a, a Mexican standoff here. It's just like this weird <laughs> no, fucking I'm... awkward silence of, okay. 
Nah, I get okay. you. We're all... You said a thing. Good. Ha-ha, funny person yeah. on a microphone. We put a microphone in front of you and big, fat, dumb words come out of your big, fat, dumb mouth. That is exactly what I was thinking. Th- I thought so. I was so. thinking, hey, Rhett, do you remember... You did share that video of you where you just fucking beefed it <laughs> in, Mar- in Mario yeah. Maker 2. Uh-huh. Being like, oh, man. Yeah. This is low. That, fly- that flies on a podcast. That flies real well. Sorry. <laughs> we're on a good we're off to a real good start here. Hey everybody. <laughs> Hi. This is a podcast Hi. where we sometimes we talk about things and sometimes we're just like we're gonna talk about the things that are in the private DM conversation that nobody can see. <laughs> I think that that's That was prob- a bad invention. That the, was of the Sox cast. Terrible. We're going back to Skype. Just we're just gonna go back Discord, to Skype. We need to turn that off. We're just going right I can back. still I've send images games to Skype. I've got I've I played a shit ton of games recently. Well, really well, good. Why don't you go ahead? Email. You were probably the one that did the most. So get us started, John. What did you do? It's true. Let's go. Let's go backwards. Let's go. No, no. kind of in random order here. I played oh. um, Toho Luna Knights. That Ooh. game. That is a good fucking video game. It's one of the best of the decade. It's. It's a really fucking good game. I had, like this. I played like a couple, kind of. Uh, I played a couple 2D platformers right before this, and then I just played this, and I was just like, "Oh yes, oh this is what I wanted. Oh it this is everything so I wanted." Fucking good. <laughs> yeah, like it's the, really buck wild how the, well they make, how well they make that all that time stop stop stuff feel. It's, it's just it's just like, the mo- like if you're gonna make a game about Sakuya Izioi, you make it feel like that. You feel like such a badass with all those fucking... Like, with all of the dagger powers, with all yeah. of the time shenanigans. That game's so good! It's it's such a, like, strong power fantasy. Like, it really makes mm-hmm. you feel as badass as Sakuya, yeah. who is extremely badass. And it's just super fucking cool. And getting into those bosses, and then, like, pausing time, and lining up the daggers, um, and then unpausing time, and then you get to the endgame baddies... Um, so this is Toho Luna Nights. We talked about it on the podcast yeah. before. It's like a Metroid-y thing, but really it's just like a bunch of cool little stages where you play a soccer and you have time stop powers, and then there are very good bosses. And, like, see, like I love the bosses in this game, but I think for me, like the platforming and the way that you use the time stop abilities to play with the platforming, oh, it's so clever. I think that they get so much out of. Out of out of that little set of powers that they give you, um, and, and the way that they make various objects in the environment react to them, like entirely differently and in ways yeah. you wouldn't expect. Like that's my favorite part of that game. It's like I think the boss fights are great, but for me it was just like, oh, this is just really fucking crunchy platforming. Yeah. But the the whole clock tower really stuck Woo! in my brain. It's just like, oh man, when you're right <laughs> when you're riding those gears like under other gears as you stop time but only for these gears and it does the whole braid thing where it grabs like where it has certain things aren't stopped by time mm-hmm. certain things reverse direction when you stop time it's like certain yeah. things <laughs> only move when you stop time and unlike braid this is a game about something and i'm like braid this is fun <laughs> <laughs> there you go no um so the, the bosses definitely are what's stuck in my brain because I dug deep on them. I oh, had yeah. a really fun time with those bosses. Like, there are a few uh, I that I was sitting there for like an hour and a half, like a half hour or so, banging yeah. my head against. I mean, John... Like, yeah. how do you do this? John beat the damn extra boss. I, I actually did... Yep. 
I um I did do the thing that same thing Polly did, which is I went back and I one hundred percent it. I just ran around the castle with the lost sword on and just mm-hmm. let it find all the secrets for me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's Can't a smart. That's a smart design. Uh, I don't know if that is an intended design or not, but it actually like mm-hmm. for for the end of the game when you're going around like just filling in the squares of the map. Like, that's yeah. such a smart thing that, like, mm-hmm. the sword just kind of finds everything for you, and you get it really late in the game, so that's about when you'd want to go back and start doing your due diligence on a map like that. Mm. Yeah, I beat, the, I beat one of the bosses using the sword, and I was like, oh, this, is, this feels a little bit boring because it's very passive. Oh, yeah. Kind of letting yeah. the sword control it. And then I, what, what was cool is that it's very powerful in that sense, but I did switch back to using, like, that, the chainsaw, yes! the thousand knives... <laughs> And it, you actually deal a lot more damage more yeah. quickly. The sword isn't so, that strong, but the, the chainsaws are so dumb. And literally throwing chainsaws yes. and the way they just feels bite so into a boss or an enemy feels yeah. so good. It feels so good. My favorite thing was to just pause the... time and throw like three chainsaws yes! st- stacked on top of each other. Yes! And they just, and on pause yep. time, they all fly into the boss and all crunch and you just see the life bar yep. like go way down. Yes! <laughs> it's real crunchy. Um, and that extra boss goes down real slowly. Oh. oh yeah, the extra boss is really fucking good. <laughs> yeah, like they they get um, what they do is that they get to the point where you are in an attack and then you stop time and then you don't know how to get out of the attack. <laughs> That's where they they get there. No, they get there earlier. They get there with um, Romelia. Yeah, and then they have then you have the whole actual final boss gauntlet. Mm-hmm. And then you have the whole extra gauntlet. So you get those, like, three solid um, kind of pushing you yeah. extremely hard um, bosses. Yeah. And they're all learnable. Romelia, uh, the thing with um, the extra sta- the extra stage boss is that she is extremely fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and something it took me a while to pick up on is that most of these bosses, they actually use their moves in a static order. Yeah. Um, which is, can usually be really boring. Except that they move so fucking fast yeah. that it's not boring, <laughs> because like they're cu- the, the the it's just really snappy the way mm-hmm. they jump between these different patterns and the way you have to like set up and the way you have to um, manage your MP mm-hmm. from pattern to pattern so that you can afford to mm-hmm. do those big attacks and yeah. manage your time. You have two separate yeah. resources and the process of managing those resource resources. Um, is really satisfying. Like, you know, okay, so like one thing I would do is that there's one attack where um, one of the later bosses would shoot out like a bunch of gears that are all themselves shooting out waves of bullets mm-hmm. and I would specifically like find a safe spot and huddle there for as long <laughs> as I can so that they would get like six gears out shooting a ton of bullets everywhere and then stop time and then I'd just like graze between the bullets yeah. grazing and collecting time stop. Yep. Uh, and it feels so good. And then I like drop knives everywhere. Drop like as I'm like I slide under a bullet and then drop a bunch of knives right next to one of the gears and then slide under and hop over another one. And it's just like, oh, this makes me feel like Sakuya without being like tedious either. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a really like um, it's it's hard cool to it, act. it's hard to think of games like this where. A character has a very identifiable set of powers. Like, we know what Sakuya's manipulation Mm -hmm. of time does in normal Toho game. And then, like, putting the player in control of that and and actually feeling like you are that character and and you're thinking about situations in the way that they have to think about them. It's, It's like, I don't... 
I can't think of many games that do that, that offer that unique of an experience. Mm-hmm. It, it's, you can't really imagine it any other way. Yeah. It, and it looks, and it feels kind of effortless, the way that they made it look. Oh, God. Like, this game is so confident. I like it. Yeah. Like, there's nothing I've played that is quite like this. Mm-hmm. Um, that brings it, to, and certainly not that brings it together this effectively. Yeah. Um, it's like, it feels like a genuinely kind of original set of rules, mm-hmm. set of mechanics yeah. that is then executed on in this really well done, epic way. And I beat the boss rush. I can get to, yep. I can get to the, the like final boss of the main game. And I kind of just tap out at that point. Cause it's just like, it's so much to take on at once. <laughs> Does does the boss the rush boss include like the extra boss? Months. Oh my god! Yep, yep, it does. I don't oh. know. If it, I don't know if it did that beforehand, but it does now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took like ninety minutes on the extra boss, and by the time I finished it, I kind of knew it. Yeah, yeah like by that now. point, again because they do and have static patterns. The final boss too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I actually beat the um, boss rush in three tries. It took me fifteen minutes. Nice. Okay, now do it without taking any damage. I mean, given that the patterns are static, it, it that's be... probably possible. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's yeah, possible. I think it's possible. I think it's really doable. This might take you to... Um, yeah, like, I think really that... Yeah. Amazing challenge. I think that that's an actually pretty doable thing, given every, given how static the patterns are and how easy to read mm-hmm. they are once you know them. Mm-hmm. It's And it's so fucking fun. Um, but yeah, it, the... I got I got the lowest rank. There's an achievements for getting higher ranks, but I looked into it and I think that getting higher, being the boss's fact faster, is really just grinding up the level. Yeah, and I, I realized like eh, I'm not really interested in getting to the point where I can beat all these bosses in like ten seconds. Like, and like actually- the level ups are really really minuscule in the game. Like you hardly notice them. Yeah. Like the mm-hmm. gems give you like the gems that you collect also add technically to your attack values, but they're like. For every 100 you get, it's like .001 strength. And it's like, this is not worth grinding for. Like, the stats and level up stuff feels like it's there because Symphony of the Night had it. Uh-huh. And it feels like this could have just been... Like, like yeah. these, these numbers could have been taken out. Like, raising your numbers at all could have just... Like, that. that is, an, that is a system that could have been entirely removed and... Uh, or it could have just done literally nothing. Yeah. It would have been funny if you just got level up and then nothing actually I changed. Wish, I wish <laughs> there, there's a narrative thing that they do in this game where at the end you find out yeah. what else is going on. And I wish that the the gems actually affected that. It's weird that oh, they it don't. Didn't? No, it doesn't actually uh, affect it. Because it really I seems was, like they should. I was really hoping it did, but like it, it they, they balk on it. Mm-hmm. They made me believe it did, which is cool. <laughs> There you go. That, that's important. Enough. Like, yeah. th- like, this game's really flawless top to bottom. Like, there's not a part of this game I don't like. Mm-hmm. That's that's very much nitpicking. Yeah, like, like nitpicking in the sense that, like, I am, I agree. Like, I think the leveling yeah. up is extraneous. Yeah, it's extraneous, the, that's but how granular we have to get. Yeah, it's extraneous, but it in no way makes the experience bad. You don't even have to mm-hmm. think about it because because it's so fucking mm-hmm. passive. Um. Man. It's just like one extra thing number going up. Like, yeah. Oh, I leveled up. Cool. It doesn't yeah. even show you the it number. Never... It just go doesn't it? It just goes level up or whatever. 
your level is on the HUD, and it's just like I okay. <laughs> but like you don't know, you don't actually see your attack power going up. No. You don't feel it because it's so minuscule. Yeah, so like, it really is just you have to gain like weird. four levels for plus one to notice like you're doing fifteen damage instead of fourteen now. Ah. Uh. But it's a good game. Man, it's a I, fantastic I had an with that game. Thank you, thank you all. Hey, Soxcast approved. Yeah, yeah. Toho Luna Nights. Everybody, uh, get out. Like even if you don't know Toho. I guarantee you, you're going to thank us for this one. Oh yeah, Toho Luna Nights. I've had multiple friends who are. I've had multiple friends who are not into um, Toho. Yeah, played this and had a great time because mm. it's just uh, it's just a really good time. Yeah. Um, I actually <laughs> played another Metroid thing right before that, which contrasts it in a lot of ways. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, I want to talk about Redo. Oh, uh, I saw you playing this, and I've kind of wanted to check mm-hmm. this out myself, so I'm eager to hear you talk about this one. Uh, well, just to start off, like, recommend, recommended, but with caveats, gotcha. I think, is the good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, this game, so it's a... If you, I'm going to put the Steam link in the chat. Go for it. Um, it's also on H.I.O. if you like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do, but I forgot about it. Um, but it's... A two D plat, two D explorey platformer, mm-hmm. um, but big deal. There's no map. Oh no! You can't have Ooh. one of these games without a map. What? You oh, can't no. do that. No map. You can't do that. And it's pretty hey, sizable too. You can break it's, on draw yeah. your own map. There you go. Draw your own map. <laughs> you can't do that. Um, it's it doesn't cheat. I don't think. Like mm-hmm. I think that it does. Um, so I think you could draw your own map. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel it was necessary. Um, this was about a three-hour playthrough for me, which is, like, it was <laughs> paced in pretty much exactly the way where I was able to keep the whole world in my head, but mm-hmm. I had to work at it and do a, do a decent amount of backtracking, not because it was necessary mm-hmm. for the flow of the game, but to kind of refamiliarize myself with the, um, low, low, um, with the layout of the world. Right, right, right. Um, right. which to me was, like, perfect, which to me was just perfect pacing, because, like, if I actually have to draw a map... Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually a level of engagement I'm not really up for because then at that point it, it's you're not having to think about it again it's just kind of it's like I don't want to say that forcing you to draw a map is bad or anything no um, but on another level but on a level it is I like the feeling of this is a complicated dungeon and it's just complicated enough where I can still picture it all in my brain yeah, like it all uh, almost still, doesn't like, fit but i can get it in there if i if i break out yeah. WinZip for my brain <laughs> exactly and like the and like the souls games are really good oh yeah that, right? oh yeah the souls games are and perfect which is like this which is good because they um resist mapping because they're 3d yeah um so you can't like do a graph paper yeah. oh my god so that's like the funny games. part is like people will they they will not yell about dark souls not having a map but they will yell about 2d games like this not having a map like i know that that's one of the big things this that, is like, supposed to be like metroid yeah like i heard dark souls players bitch about hollow knight's map system even though it has a map <laughs> system it's that's just wild it's just one that you've got to mm. put a little more work into uh and it's just like what you play dark souls not even that much work really yeah it's not like but but it's just like that's the thing that i hear about these games a lot of the time is that like people that i know play games like dark souls and, and, and bloodborne well, bitch that a game like this does not have a map. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that's that's huge because yeah. that instantly transforms this into a different kind of game mm-hmm. because you have to add, you're not just filling in blue squares; you're actually yeah. having to think. Um, 
And like with Luna Knights, I, it was okay because it was just a really good action game. Yeah, like the uh, the but the, the, the Metroidy is... stuff is very just like it's just getting to new level. Like the levels are just you 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 manually walk to the new level. That's yeah. it. It's it's basically flavor. Yeah. <laughs> on some on, yeah. on a certain all those level. levels are so straight. There's like and there's one part in each one where you go left or right. And it's literally the <laughs> it's literally Hunter's level design. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good comparison. Um, so this game, though, you actually are exploring, hmm. and uh, another nice thing: there are extremely few hard gates in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost all of the stuff you collect in this game mm-hmm. are power-ups that don't make it possible to get past obstacles. It makes it easier to get past. <gasps> oh, obstacles. that's that's a fun way to approach it. It's pretty juicy. Um, now, this is something I actually like about it, mm-hmm. um, but the action feels it, it feels pretty tight, but it feels really tight and heavy, mm-hmm. where to me, it was very difficult to, to avoid taking damage during encounters. Yeah, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at some video now, and like it looks a little chunky for maybe not the right reasons. Um... I agree, but also the effect of that is that it's very is that getting your upgrades really matters mm-hmm. because it is like uh, in, unless you're like playing it really really safe, mm-hmm. um, it's basically a numbers game. Is getting past mm-hmm. level uh, enemies and they gotcha. are very they keep the numbers very firmly on the screen. Like you know exactly how strong a given enemy is. Yeah. Um. So the goal, so you really you really want to find all of these power ups. You really want to get your stronger weapons. Um, you want to experiment with the different weapons and see what kind of situations they can help you with. You want to make your numbers bigger, and you do that by exploring. Nice. Um, so it's this. So it feels more like an old dungeon crawler mm-hmm. in a sense, where you can, you're not grinding, but you are. But- um, hmm. Exploring to get stronger, yeah. so that you can have high enough numbers to break these soft enemy gates. Sounds so neat. it feels kind of RPG esque to me, where I'm yeah. not really playing it as a hard action game. And the thing is, if it was a hard action game, I'm really good at action games, relatively speaking. I the power ups would matter a lot less in mm-hmm. that situation because I could probably eke by most of the enemies, uh, which is my experience with a lot of. Um, Metroidy stuff like like Hollow Knight, like other games, is that right? Right. Um, Power ups are less important when the action is strictly fair, mm. um, because and that prevents it from operating on sort of that dungeon crawler, that very like old school PC dungeon crawler level where the power, where you want to get your numbers bigger yeah. in order to get past the obstacles. Um, so for me, that was ultimately like a big plus about it. Gotcha. I really liked the. F- I and again, I think the action feels good. Um, but it's good in a very specific way where you're not playing it like Luna Knights or Hollow Knight. Um, for me, it was kind of exploring it as a dungeon crawler. Right, right, right. Um, and the pacing of that is really fucking good. Um, the end of the game is blocked off with two doodads you need to find elsewhere in the world. <laughs> so the, and you, so you, you get, figure that out. Um, I think that the one thing, there are two things about this game that kind of prevent me from, if what I've said sounds good, 
it basically lands that flow almost perfectly mm. of I'm going to explore this world for three hours. I'm going to get a sense of where everything yeah. is and I'm going to get slowly get stronger until I can poke and get past these hard enemies that I got to before, mm. but then I couldn't beat. So I went and explored a different area and then I found more power ups. It's a great flow. Um, only two things. There is, there is one hard gate besides the collect the two doodads, ring the two bells to get to the last area. Mm-hmm. Are they really bells? Or is that no, just they're not a reference really bells. Point? That was a joke. Okay. That's, okay. okay. Um, besides the two statues, the two the Ridley and Craig statue, you have to... <laughs> um, it's amazing that Nintendo hasn't sued yet. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I know. There is one hard gate, and I'm just going to say what it is. There are like, these statues littered about, and it's not really clear that they're hard gates. Mm-hmm. Um, and you spend... But they kind of look like it. But there's no other hard gates in the game. So you are kind of looking at them like, oh, do I need a power-up to get through there? And then like the more you play, it's you're like 90 minutes in, and you're like, I haven't needed a power-up once to get past any gates. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm thinking about this wrong. And then when you do get the thing that lets you get past them, it's not really clear that that's what it can do. Uh, so for me, I kind of figured that out by chance. Is oh. that you get a, a weapon, and then the weapon huh. also can blow up the statues. It feels kind of placeholder-y to me. Mm. And there's not a lot of them. Um, but it, that that felt yeah. like an unnecessary um, wrinkle in an otherwise like really clean progression. Yeah. Do you do you uh, shoot him with the rocket launcher? You shoot him with the the last weapon you get basically. Okay. Um, and it's not it's not really spelled. It's, there's not really a reason why yeah. this weapon beats the statues and nothing else does. I think it would have been nice if they just had like a, a big number you have to get through like one of the normal enemies <laughs> mm-hmm. or if they had just had locked doors and you get a key like mm. it, it would have been clean yeah. it, it does seem a little inelegant uh, or, or maybe they were trying for that like old kind of like obfuscated way of progression of like old mm. school games in the way that like they maybe weren't necessarily designed that way it was just kind of like we we don't know to do mm-hmm. any better right now and maybe they were trying to mimic that but didn't quite get that design like that was often just like hey video games are still a young medium and we haven't figured all of this yeah. communication out yet yeah that that is that is the the only thing about the progression that felt bad to me was like yeah. oh okay so there is this one thing where and it's basically to block off the areas where you get the keys until you get to the until you know what the keys are for. Right, right. Um, the other thing is that there's no ending. There's no climax. Oh no! Oh, oh. that's a much bigger whatsoever. Flaw. That's kind of a problem. Um, so you get to Torian, and it's just like one sixty-second cutscene, <laughs> and then it's credits. Oh, like there's not even really a level. Oh, so like, and, and the writing across the board is just a little bit feels a little dicey <laughs> mm. um but there's not a lot of it so you don't really notice right right um until you get to the end and then there is like 60 seconds of dense writing that doesn't really land and then it ends and you're like oh okay you, you oh. didn't really know this how this part of it worked you didn't know or you ran out of money or time oh man that kind of oh that makes me not feel good <laughs> yeah so that's a negative but like it doesn't like make any big promises or anything. Okay, it's not, well, okay, you're not expecting but too much. I expect the game. I, ex- I expect most video games to have some kind of climax. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's something, but it's it's not much. It wasn't enough for me. And apparently, if you do New Game Plus, there's an extended ending, and I'm like, oh boy, 
We added nah, two pair. We added two pair. I'm not gonna play. We added two pair. I'm not gonna play that. Play that game. Sorry. It's literally. That, I can't imagine it's anything other than that. Uh, it fit, it felt. Um, it just felt a little. This is the first game from this um, dev, I think. Mm-hmm. That just yeah. it just felt like okay. We haven't really. You knew how you wanted this part to feel, and you didn't really know yeah. what this should, part should be like. Um, so I didn't mind it that much um, because the the progression of getting to that point was the part of the game that mattered to me. Right, right, right. But yeah, so just know if you're if you do boot it up, you are in this for the journey and not the destination. Gotcha. Um, so, so I still I still recommend it. I still had a good time with it mm-hmm. um, because there's so little like stuff like this that is also at this level of kind of polish. And, yeah. Um kind of scope I, I, I was pleased to see a game that pushed this hard because again like Hollow Knight pushes the Metroid-y stuff way closer to those kinds of dungeon crawlery things where the, the sco- there's a lot fewer hard gates and it's a lot more open yeah and power-ups matter and whatnot but it still has it still has a lot of that there's still a map there's still um Still, lots of power ups you need to collect in order to poke around the board. It, it has the so creature comforts of the genre. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this almost throws them out entirely, mm. and that's really cool to me. That's something I. That's something I'm interested in. Remember how everybody thought Minute was going to do that as a player? When people thought what? I remember how everybody thought Minute was going to be the game to do that? Oh my god! And then, it, and, then it, and then it turned out to just be boring, but everybody acted like it was good anyway. There's yeah, there's no, there's a strong formal language here in redo where there's just nothing going on in minute. It's just like there's no, there's almost no game design happening. Yeah. Is minute Soxcast unapproved? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Have all of us tried it? I think I'm the only one that beat it. Right? You're the only one that well, beat it. Thing. I've played it, and I just thought, yeah, wow, I've, this is boring. <laughs> I played it for like 20 minutes. It was like, oh, this, this feels awful. Yep. Yep, and it just keeps doing that for two hours, and it's done. Yeah, but it's but it's it's subverting the genre, John. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of um, I've got a lot more little games I want to go to, but I'm happy to throw it off for now. Okay. What have you? Well, um, right. Hello. Oh, hey. Holly, did you have something? Tip of your tongue? No, mm-hmm. not at all. Right. What have you got? Uh, I've been watching a lot of anime. Surprise, surprise! Because I just Excellent. just haven't been feeling games like at all lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I've got six here. Oh, no, maybe... Yeah, it's six. I will try to go through them pretty quickly. Okay. Because we're... Like like Polly, we're going back like three months here <laughs> for some of these. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so the first two were rewatches. I rewatched Gale Gone Online. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, That's it's a good a, show. It's a very good show. It's almost like I was immediately watching it to rinse away something else. <laughs> yep. I don't think we need no. to elaborate. I think we can just talk about how great GDO is, is really great. There's still just there's a few weird issues with it I still have. One is that episode one yeah. is out of order. Is this is this on Crunchyroll, by the way? Mm. Yeah, it should be. Okay, okay. I mean that's where I watch on All right. All right. The biggest flaw, I think, is that episode one is just a flash forward, but it's also the entire episode. Yeah, you told me to watch just, this third, I think. You watch one, two, or you watch two, three, one, four, and okay, then, okay. you know, straight on. All right, all right. You'll know, because it's like, cool. episodes two and three are building to this thing, and then they're like, okay, it's time for the thing to start, and then you watch episode one. Mm-hmm. 
it's so weird. So episode one is this flash forward that is the entire episode. So you have no context for what's happening for the entire first episode. It really doesn't land for me <laughs> until mm-hmm. you've seen the show. Gotcha. Yeah, I think it's just like, hey, we wanted to have action. But right I, that's what's weird is like, there's still action in episode two just... when she's, you know, learning the game for the first time. I think episode mm-hmm. two is just immediately more compelling because you have actual characters and plot progression instead of them mm-hmm. hiding in the grass gotcha. playing fucking PUBG. It's sort of like that flat. It's, it's kind of like that um, flash forward thing I was complaining about earlier. Oh, earlier in, in this Zeno week, it's just like, it feels like it can feel unconfident when you're like, we gotta get to show them the good stuff right away. Guys, I promise there's good stuff after the boring stuff that we don't have much faith in. Yeah. And then we'll show you the, and then we'll do all the setup, I guess. Yeah. So that, the setup that need to actually make that stuff. To make you actually care. But yeah, that's a good, so then, that's a good thought. Then So on my rewatch, watching episodes, you know, one, four, five in the row, which are all like the first big moment it, it goes down much smoother. It's like, oh, it's like this escalating action thing. You don't spend two episodes breaking that flow in the middle. Mm-hmm. Boy, Len, Len's really cool, cool too, like huh? That. I will probably try watching that next time. Watching yeah. it in that order next time. Len, Len is really cool. We, we talk about P2E a lot, but Len is also extremely cool. I, I forgot Len, that. Len is so great! So oh, the, the other so many great moments. Yeah, the other issue I have with the show is... It's sword online art online kind of hook where there's a threat of violence in the second game, and it just yeah. it doesn't need to be there. And it's also extremely weird because the show wants to be a comedy. The show is a comedy, but then you have this arc. This so like one character is basically threatening to kill themselves if they do poorly in the next battle royale, and that is juxtaposed with Len meeting her her one of her close friends in the game, and the friend is just. Lap, being really humorous and funny where she's like I'm gonna go to the town and see how many guys try to pick me up and then it just does a hard cut to, hard cut to her going 34 <laughs> she's just and then she like goes to the weapon shop she's like I'm gonna buy a grenade launcher and a grenade launcher and that's all I'm gonna have <laughs> and she's talking she's talking about how her sugar daddy hooked up her up with like a hundred million gold in the game <laughs> like <laughs> so she's very funny, but she didn't work for me at all because I was stressed about the whole threat of violence in the real world that they right. set up. I think that's it's I, really weird. I think that's what I said the first time is just like, hey, there is this this yeah. part. Just, I think the show works better if you just don't worry about you it just, much. Just don't take it very seriously. You just have to trust the show. Nothing bad ever actually happens. But, <laughs> yeah, which is which seems which seems goofy. They because they definitely don't like do enough setup mm-hmm. to make you worried. They don't actually set the stakes in a meaningful way where they like yeah. show the character like put a like t- sorry, this is a little dark, but like put a gun on the table next to her in real in the yeah. real world. And there's no there's no like actual setup to make you believe that that, that this mm-hmm. is a hard risk. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like a weird uh, Yeah. The closest they ever get to they that just felt obligated to have yeah, that cuz it it's out. so weird. The closest they ever get is like some of the characters speculate that she's using the old headset from Sword Art Online that was killing people instead of the newer <laughs> one, but they ne- they never follow up on that. You don't actually ever find out. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that would have been really easy way to establish the, so like, the, the danger there, but they don't act. Yeah. but it wants to be a comedy, it, like you said. 
it's a comedy and a very good action at the very end. Holy shit. It's still, it still goes down real smooth. <laughs> goes down real smooth. <laughs> I mean, I watched this show in like a day because it's like this whole thing is really just two battle royales. Mm-hmm. They're just they're just extremely yeah. good. Uh, it's like mostly a- it's mostly good action. Yeah. It's it's good it's to really great good. action. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I watched another. I rewatched. So I was like on this rewatch high. I rewatched another show with a military girls theme. I rewatched Girls in Panzer. That's oh huh. yeah. I mean, I remember you, you liking had such a good it. Time with this rewatch, right? Hmm. Like I remember you. I remember you liking this, but it didn't really strike me as one of those. Ah, oh, I'll rewatch it shows. Really. So my first watch of this. I really didn't trust it. I had a, so I had a chip on my shoulder about this show for like five years because <laughs> mm-hmm. I like Sorno Woto, the real mature girls in tanks show. Right. <laughs> All these plebs watching Girls in Panzer. Oh, it's a slice of life comedy thing. They're not taking the tanks seriously. Like <laughs> this show, you have to remember how insanely popular this show was. I when know it was. how popular it was. Yeah. And I was just grumpy at the time because Sora no Woto had become... Oh, well, Sora, you know, nobody gave a flying fuck no, about gave that a flying show. Fuck. So it's like, you know, you guys know there was another show with Girls in Tanks like a year prior to this. You, you could you could try watching that one instead. But now I just like both shows, so it's fine. Because mm. <laughs> this one, it's also... It's pretty funny. It's structured like a sports anime. Yeah. Like, the whole thing is just a tournament, really. Mm-hmm. Except they're using tanks. So the battles tend to be a lot slower. Like the Gun Gale Online fights are kind of blink and you miss it Mm -hmm. because you know gun violence happens very quickly. Whereas in Girls and Panzer, like an entire episode can be one tank battle, and they're like you know setting up moves and diversions and trying to flank each other. Right. One weird thing in the show is that there's an episode seven point five, which is also very similar to Sora Woto. And so they have this episode that just only came out on the DVD, and you. So I was able to watch that inserted into the main, the main timeline. Yeah, the main timeline, and it again it works really well. Mm. Except episode seven, because they didn't originally have seven point five there, mm-hmm. just says who wins at the end of the match. Oh it, yeah, it does a it does this awkward flash forward to them winning. <laughs> so then episode seven point five rolls back. And then episode 7.5 after the credits spoils the en- entire series ending. Oh, good! So you don't want to watch that part. So it's, it doesn't f- slot in as nicely as it, you'd think it would. No, that's... Hmm. I mean, you just have to know. Don't, yeah, you have to watching. know, obviously! Don't keep watching past the end credits for this dumb joke that yeah. is pretty predictable, but I was a little like... Oh, oops! Even though, I, even having already seen the series, <laughs> but also like having that episode because seven point five is actually like thirty eight minutes long. It's like basically two episodes. Mm-hmm. So having that there, in as part of the main tournament, like makes the whole thing feel a lot more fuller and cohesive. Because it's kind of weird that's a four round tournament, but they only throw show three rounds in the anime. Mm-hmm. So having those, you know one and a half episodes in there is nice and I really like that show it snuck onto my like top 25 of the decade list and now I'm like oh yeah definitely deserve to be there yeah uh next show I watched was Princess Connect oh god yeah I got after five talking to me about this one a lot 
Oh, so what's he saying? He's he. I I, I, don't, I mean, other than that, it's got a lot of cute girls in it. I don't. Really so the show has myself. a lot of cute girls in it. Like, see, like that's kind of like I didn't want to. I didn't want to say that because I don't want that to sound like that's the only hook. But that's what it sounded like. The only hook was to me. Kind of, kind of the only hook. So it, the other hook is that's from the. I saw. Wait, I saw the. I saw the clip with the pudding. Yeah, the pudding yeah. being turned. Of course, John goes for the fourth thing. <laughs> No! God damn it! John, that's your thing now. You're just Vorboy. If you were a superhero, that would be your name. Listen, we all have our thing. We know what mine is. <laughs> uh, so, Princess Connect. It's from the director of Konosuba, and I think some other staff worked on yeah. it. So that's kind of the other hook, is that you hope it's going to be that kind of similar mm-hmm. comedy. Mm-hmm. And it's also, you know, a fantasy setting, even though it's not an isekai. No. But... <laughs> It just, it fails to live up to that potential, like, immediately. It's wild, though. So, like, it starts with this character named Yuki falling from the sky, and this girl named Kokoro runs up to him, Mm -hmm. and is like, I'm I'm your uh, guide or servant or whatever. And that's, like, the entirety of their character development. Oh. They never go anywhere with those two characters. Oh, no. Yuki, Yuki's weird. He... He's the main character, kind of, but he also, like, doesn't talk. Mm. And I was like, oh, it's almost like playing or an anime version of, like, cro- someone from Chrono, Chrono Trigger, Trigger. yeah. Where he, he's, like, he's doing a lot of emoting and going, like, hmm, mm. hmm, and, mm. and thumbs ups. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, I looked up the original mobile game, and it's like, oh, that's literally what this is. It's a mute, it's a he's silent, a silent protagonist. protagonist. Oh, they put, put a the silent anime. protagonist into the anime, and that could be real fucking funny. It could be real funny. I just don't think it lands a lot of the time. Yeah. So the real show is about this knight named Pecorine, and then this cat girl named Carol. Everybody and knows Carol. <laughs> everybody loves Carol. Yeah, like, Carol is kind of like the... I would say the 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 standout character of the season, she's, I guess. Yeah, she's a uh, she's a very cute girl. <laughs> it's funny because so it's like she those two have a little more character progression. Carol mm-hmm. actually starts as a villain because mm-hmm. she's been ta- tasked with killing Pecorine, mm-hmm. and then like four episodes in, her master is just like, "Why don't you just observe her for a bit?" And then that's kind of the rest of the series is them hanging out in their guild house doing fuck all. Oh. It's really frustrating. So, like, that's what's amazing is that this actually, I feel, has less plot than Konosuba. Because <laughs> yeah. Konosuba somehow has this overarching... Konosuba has, like, it, it actually has a plot that moves forward. Yeah. It has the yeah. overarching thing of, like, we gotta defeat the Demon Lord somehow, and then, like, they, they fuck around a lot, and then somehow at the end of each, like, half season, they accidentally defeat one of the Demon Lord's generals. Yeah. So, like, stuff is still actually moving forward. And the novel's ended this year. I found that out. Yeah. So it actually does have an ending. Yeah. I mean, everything has to have an ending eventually, even if it just stops. But... Yeah. Mm -hmm. The fact that so little happened in Princess Connect was really frustrating. Because, like, two episodes from the end, they start trying to do some stuff, and it's just... It's too late at that point. I will say, though... Okay, so Carol was the... She's the the extremely cute cat girl. Okay, good. Episode five of this is the, which one it was again. Yeah, episode five of this is like the closest they ever to get to a real good Konosuba episode, but they never kind of hit that energy again. Because mm. no. it's basically 
Is that the one with the... Pudding? No, that's like episode 10 or something. Okay. That's way later. Episode 5 is like, Yuki gets kidnapped by experimental doctors who just want to fuck with him, basically, and there's a Yandere, and it's, it's very funny, because then the other girls have to, like, hatch this there's rescue a, mission to break him there's out. A, there's a what? What is there? Yandere. A, a Yandere? A Yandere. Yeah. Okay. A Yandere. <laughs> Crazy lady. Yeah, I know. What, how do you a, say a yandere. that? Yandere. Okay. Whatever. No, it's a Yandere. I got you. I got you. I'm I'm Western. Yandere. <laughs> yandere. Yandere. I just think there's so there's this one episode that gets close to the Konosuba energy where you could see that the cast from Konosuba going through the same adventure, mm-hmm. even though uh, Kazuma and Yuki would react 100% differently. Because mm-hmm. Yuki is just he's so incredibly passive. And that is not... Like, he's still not freaking out, even though, he, like, this lady's standing over him with an axe and stuff. Right, yeah. And, like, being like, I will cut you open and give me your love and stuff shit. Where Kazuma would be, like, screaming, but also half into it. Half into it, yeah! <laughs> it's like, you gotta love the kind of, like, I think that, like, the reason Kano Super works is because everybody's kind of a scumbag. Yeah. And, like, they all have their own, like, unique little hang-ups. This, mm-hmm. like, it, it doesn't have any of that character. Yeah, everyone in this is very gentle and nice, and it doesn't work in that same way at all. Mm, no. Especially, like, Kokoro like is just that. so incredibly flat as a character, because, again, Does all Carol she really have, like, cares thing? about is being next to Yuki, but it's not also not a romantic thing, it's just a... I'm his servant thing, mm. and he's a silent protagonist, so it's all, it's it's bad. It's oh. the show I really just wish I had connected with more. Yeah, yeah. Like, this... Oh, man, it's just, it has that good setup. Season of Kanesuba. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just thinking that I, I rewatched this first season of Kanesuba that, like, two oh, days yeah. ago so, with a friend, so, like, that, these comparisons are hitting real hard. Yeah. Like, yep, yep, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I watched another show. Did you? I, I watched. I watched Dude. BNA, brand new animal. Uh oh! Uh oh! So this. Is, Tell us about this uh, one. I, I don't a, want to spend too long on this one. <laughs> only thing I can say is I thought okay. that I thought the Tanuki girl was kind of cute at first. She's pretty cute. She's cute. Again, this is a show that has like one really good funny episode. I think it's even the same number. It's number five, the mm-hmm. baseball episode. Mm. I even saw people on Twitter going like, "Oh, remember the baseball episode." <laughs> Aww. Like, it's this weird standout, because it's just the least connected to the main plot. Mm-hmm. So this is a show where there are beastmen who live in society alongside humans. And, like, they've all mm-hmm. kind of congregated in this city, anima city, where it's all beastmen. Yeah. And it just... Boy, they keep making series like Zootopia and Beastars, where oh, it's like, oh, no. is there going to be any uncomfortable racial oh, elements? No. And then there always are. And they always mishandle it. And they always mishandle it. Apparently, like, I've seen some people saying that Trigger, like, is pretty actually consistent about mishandling stuff like this. Oh, God. Why? Yeah. Mm. Like, I haven't seen Promari, but apparently it also has some elements of, oh, the suppressed class would be better if we just got rid of them. (laughs) Um... It's it's a it's a weird there's some there's some weirdness okay. there. Yeah. I liked Pro I like Promari, but you just kinda lose yourself on the journey instead of thinking too hard about the implications. Yeah, I think that's the exact same thing here where it's like 
Man, the only thing people so, talk about Promare to me is like it's so gay, but I'm just like I yeah, bet it I bet that. it's I bet it's not. I bet it's really not gay and everybody's just projecting. That's what I bet cuz everybody loves doing that. It's not that. gay, but there is a sm- it's not gay, but there is a, a smooch between the cute boys on screen. Okay. 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 Because, like, I know that people really, really love to overplay this shit sometimes. And, it like, it was so overplayed to the point where I thought, okay, this has got to be projection. <laughs> See, for me, my mind it's goes... It's like a rung below... It's a rung below Simphogiran, like, Yuri on Ice, where God, yeah. text. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's also... It's also clear that they wanted that subtext mm. if that makes sense okay. okay so that's that's where it's at so i'm gonna get into some small spoilers here just because it's hard, hard to talk about the show otherwise so it's do you think it's good do you... <laughs> i was pretty <laughs> fucking disappointed by the end were you disappointed or mad because you seemed mad when... I, w- I was maybe disappointed in that it has promised for the first half and then i was just straight up mad for the last couple episodes okay basically uh it's called BNA, and it's like a play on DNA because yeah. there's a lot of like transformations and like genetic stuff. Like the main character Michiru is a human that somehow transformed into a beast, mm-hmm. and like other character, like even the beastmen have human forms that they can transform into. So transformation is a thing in this series, yeah, and, it, and it's totally normal. Later on, it's revealed that the beastmen also have a super violent form that they can transform into. Like oh. berserk mode or something. Oh, I or, bet I know where this is going. Yeah, it's just like, oh, now they need to be controlled and you know, uh, very, very uncomfortable. Uh, oh, the beastmen. Uh, the beastmen are just more inherently violent than humans. Uh, and then they start getting into like, not forced sterilization, but like, oh, we have a drug that can disable berserk mode, and then oh, that's the good drug. Not the bad drug that would disable the beast form entirely and just turn them into humans. Like really weird politics. Oh, weird. God. This is weird. This sounds real uncomfortable. The only reason it didn't one hundred percent lose me is that it gets too stupid by the end. Right. To it's take a seriously show. as that any sort of metaphor. Because by the end when it's like wolves jumping around firing lasers at each other and you're just like, okay, this Whatever. is stupid. Whatever. Whatever show. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's some man. The first episode was so fucking cool, like unbelievably stylish. Because it's a trigger show, which it's I didn't a, know going in. Right? Yeah, I was so impressed by the first episode, and then it just kind of kept getting worse. Mm. That's mm. yeah. A friend compare a friend. Co- I saw a friend. I think what maybe was watching this show called Studio Trigger: The Way Forward of Anime. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Wow, that's that's rough, right? Like, Listen, and I know that there are people. Fits. There are people that would consider that a good thing because there are people that think way forward is good. Uh-huh. They're both studios where I go. You guys got the animation part down. Fat Kakashi and Chad has the point. Can we just agree that Gurren Lagann was oh a fluke? My God. I really like Little Witch Academia. Little Witch Academia, like, that gets a pass, even though it has that dumb sports fucking subplot at the end. Again, every time they try to directly invoke politics... They just fuck it up. Yeah. Like, what? (laughs) That country. (laughs) Yeah, because in Little Witch Academia, it's not actually politics, it's just... It's fake politics that they're... Yeah, they're trying to have that subtext, and it's just like... 
It please. totally it, fucking oh, whiffs. We just need the magic witch stuff, okay? That's all you needed to make this work. Yeah. Just have them say power of love and seven billion souls and stuff, and that's the good shit. There that's you go. You that's all you gotta do. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay, two more. I'm sorry. I watched a lot of anime. Keep right. going. I watched Dr. Stone. Lay it on us. I watched most of Dr. Stone. <laughs> most of? Oh. I, that that this famed one, red drop, huh? This one just... Go ahead. It had a moment, and I have to spoil a part, that just... I've never had a show break its concept so thoroughly. Mm-hmm. So basically, this is a show where... It's a really fun setup. Is that everyone on Earth becomes petrified at the same time, and then it flashes forward like 3,700 years... Mm-hmm. And one of them wakes up. Oh. And it's this genius boy, Senku. And he's going to rebuild society with the power of science. Dr. Stone. Yeah? Because they were petrified. Oh. Yeah. Can I make that my thing instead of voice? <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the weirdest thing in that show is when they do the title drop. He calls Soap the Dr. Stone. And it's like, oh, that's not very cool at all. Oh. Because they're like, oh, if we get sick, we're dead. And he's like, don't worry, I've invented soap, the Dr. Stone. And I'm like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) So that part's kind of weird. But anyways, the show, like, it continually, like, subverts, like, a fun premise by having, like, just awkward stuff. Like... Mm -hmm. It doesn't actually focus on Senku at the very start. It focuses on, like, his friend, which is weird. Aww. And then they spend a few episodes... So Senku's already been awake for six months at the start. Mm. And it's like, oh, you kind of just fast-forward over what would have been some of the most interesting stuff. And, th- and, like, a few episodes later, they do eventually do the flashback to him waking up alone. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's, so it's like, oh, now we have that context. Why didn't you just show the story in order? Mm. Very weird. God, that's a running I know, lately, it's huh? weird. So anyways, I, extreme fast forward, They, uh, the third person they revive, they figure out like the chemical mm-hmm. compound noted, needed to un- unpetrify people. And the first person they revive is like a murderer. Oh, oh. That's, that's good. Juicy. That's something. So he's very strong and they use him to help fight off wolves or lions or whatever. But the problem is, is that like now he's like, I want to rebuild my perfect society my way and he goes around and starts smashing statues of old people he's like oh, old people no. cannot. yeah he's he's immediately murdering people fantastic <laughs> so it's like it's one of those things he's like you know how um, in um uh watamote you you thought like the show will will not work if they bully her yeah it would suck for me for me it was like this show breaks when there is threat of murder <laughs> Like, I just want Science Boy doing science stuff in a comfy, you know, future timeline. Yeah. Not because a uh, couple episodes in, Murder Boy turns to Science <laughs> science Kid and is like, I'm going to kill you. And then he does. Oh, oh. <laughs> There's this fucking scene of him karate chopping Senku on the back of the neck in order to kill him. And then, you know, through anime bullshit, he does survive and ends up having to flee to a whole new area. Oh. And while Murder Boy is just building his army up in a different corner. So we just, we just don't town. go to Murder Boy Town anymore. Yeah. So, like, there's this whole fake death thing, and it's just like, okay, that's bad. And yeah. apparently that's the direction the show's eventually going to go into, because apparently season two is called, like, Stone War. Oh. And that's, 
That so I, hmm. yeah, I'm really not here for that part. But that's not where the show actually broke for me. Oh, so there's a few. There's like ten episodes in a row where he's actually like building up science properly. Finally, and they like are doing a whole flow chart to eventually make penis or they eventually want to make sulfa so that they have antibiotics. Yeah. You also have to assume the show is ridiculous because Senku just knows everything. Oh, right. Yeah. Because, like, again, he's he's making sulfa from nothing. And, like, just this whole flowchart of, like, okay, now we need hydrochloroxide, you know, bleach and shit. Oh, we've got to make glass first. Like, he knows how to do everything. Mm. Here's why the show broke for me, though. Towards the end, it's revealed he had a dad. Like, oh, like people do. Oh, yeah. His dad... Was an astronaut. His dad was in space when the petrification happened. Uh huh. Oh. So there's six astronauts who watch this all happen. They come to Earth and do fucking nothing with the rest of their lives. Okay. It's just, it's baffling because the whole premise of the show is that. It's been so long, 3,700 years, that all humans, like, technology and buildings are gone. Uh-huh. You think these other characters who have all that still sitting there with a bunch of statues hanging around would be able to rebuild society much, much easier. Yeah! They could really it's, help! Instead, they literally go to an uninhabited island and, just, and then apparently just stay there for the rest of their lives. Yeah, like Cleric Cassius in chat agrees with you in that she would love to just watch Senku make impossible technology in the Stone Age and nothing else. Yeah. <clears throat> they just, they go to an island and make babies and that's it. They don't wow. try to rebuild society at all. That's... And his dad, yeah, and it's, his dad leaves a message like to Senku in the future, I know you'll be able to do it. Like, uh, making him into the chosen one, it's so bad. That is so... <sighs> fucking dumb <laughs> it just complete i was just like okay i'm done I'm, you've broken the premise of the show for me and then the whole war stuff coming That's up such a good premise so i watched one it's more anime a good, like solid premise right yeah it's a fun premise that they just completely ruined so it's one more show because we delayed the the podcast a week right i watched ascension of a bookworm i don't even this know what sh- this is this is an isekai. Oh, what is it these days, though? <laughs> I think you had more fun with this one than like any of the ones you, other ones you tweeted about. Oh, for it sure. This like. is fine. I was like, I rewatched two shows that I liked, and then watched a bunch of new shows that I kind of ended up hating. <laughs> and then I watched this and liked it. I was like, okay, I'm not crazy. There, there, there's still hope yet in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the show is the premise is it's an isekai. She dies at the start. She was a librarian in her first life, mm-hmm. and she is revived in a fa- in a medieval fantasy world as a five year old. But she has all her memories, so she's very smart for her age. <clears throat> so instead of rebuilding society, she she wants to make books because the printing press doesn't exist in this world. And it's just, it's a very cute, fun show that is, about this that girl. S- sounds very wholesome. It's very wholesome. It's I very cute. Book. And it's like, it does get into some stuff where, like, characters are starting to figure out that she's not normal. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one scene where they're really close to, like, kind of finishing their first set of paper. Mm-hmm. And she says something like, oh, we're close. I've done this part before. And a character looks at her like, do what now? What do you mean? 
you've done this before. And she's like, uh... <laughs> you see... So, like, a couple characters have figured out that she's, like, bullshitting. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's something up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, in general, it's just... It's a very cute, fun show. I liked it a lot. There's going to be a third season next year. Mm-hmm. But I've also... Apparently, nice. the light novels are, like, insanely long and finished. Oh, Nice. So there's like there's five arcs and like through two seasons we're like halfway through the second arc. Mm-hmm. So this person estimated like it would take 168 more episodes to finish the story. So anime, anime, anime yeah, whose source, anime whose anime whose source material is finished. <laughs> guess what? Has not happened after season three. It's amazing they're getting season three at all. Honestly. Yeah. What about yeah. cotton candy? Somebody's in chat's talking about cotton candy. I don't know what cotton candy is. I thought it sounds like a reference. There's something. I don't know. She might have made cotton candy. She knows how to make some stuff in the show, mm-hmm. but like much more basic things like hairpins or, you know, uh, she's a pretty good cook. It's mm-hmm. not like the insane science that they're doing in Dr. Stone. Right, where it's right, like, right. you wouldn't know how to make this. She invents pizza. And they're like, wow, how did you how did you think of this? And she's just like, um, you yeah. know, like you do. Yeah. <laughs> So that's a very cute, fun show. It was nice to have something. It's also just such a cute bring me up style. and like, um, like you, you link the um, you link yeah. the opening, and it was just like, oh my god, this looks so. It's nice. very adorable. She kind of looks like Rika from Higurashi. Yeah, you know. I was about like, yeah, that's kind of like the, the the parallel that I was drawing, just yeah. looking at the character design. The other thing is that like the show will all often go into like a an SD style when she's like thinking to herself, and mm-hmm. so it's just extremely cute. Yeah. So, that's all I got. Whew. Apologies, like, that took so long. Literally an entire dump truck of anime. <laughs> Just dump it all out. Just bloop, on the floor. There it is. There's Rhett's mess all over the place. Yep. Not the first time. No. That's a dirty a joke. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> Can I skip my segment and just, br- and just bring Fat Kakashi in? <laughs> oh, jeez. Fat Kakashi's in chat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I played a I played a video game. I played one of those. Oh. I did one of those. I played this video game back in May. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I've, I've, waiting. I've recently actually started playing it again because I'm doing a hard mode playthrough. So that's why it was kind of on my mind again, and why I was posting video on Twitter. Um, so back in May, played a, a cyberpunk themed run and gunner uh, that kind of literally came out of nowhere. Because I can't find anywhere that was talking about this game before it came out. I can't find anybody that was doing promo for it. Nothing at all. And, and it, I like, think. huh? And this I've game. I've never heard of anybody talk about this game besides you. And this game came off the he- and then this game came out and it was coming off the heels of Streets of Rage Four being a bit of a disappointment. So I was I was flipping through my Twitch uh, streams one day and it was just like, that looks like a side scroller somebody's playing that I ain't seen before. And then. Um, <laughs> And then I was I watched like two or three minutes. It was like, and everything was blowing up, like literally everything. <laughs> just like this game's nonstop explosions, fucking everywhere. And then I was just like, okay, I've seen enough of this to know that I like explosions, and I like shooting things in video games. That usually feels uh-huh. really good. So then I went to YouTube, and I checked out this trailer that is absolutely fantastic, and everybody should go watch this right now. Uh, to give you the, a very good idea of <laughs> what this is, I played a video game called Hunt Down. 
Nice. Uh, this god, is, is pretty. This game, oh my god, it's immediately pretty. Uh, but you watch that trailer, and you'll get a very, a very quick idea as to what this game is and its attitude and, and what it is doing. So, so like, and like, like I said, like, despite having like what feels like serious trappings, this game does not take itself very serious at all. It's always throwing out a lot of quippy one-liners and just in-between dialogue and sitting ridiculous. But as I said, this is one of that like this is a game that's like very easy to talk about, but it's also like what more can I say about it? It's, it's because like this is a game that I like a lot, but talking about it is very hard because you can't really sustain a conversation past man. It's, it's a real good running gunner that's very <laughs> fucking pretty. Um, uh, so this game kind of hit out what of nowhere. Of, um, hmm? What would you compare it with? Um, like what kind of touchstones would you compare it with? Okay, maybe? so this game's got some big energy behind it, right? This game, <laughs> like this game, feels like. It was a game that was originally released on the Amiga in Europe, and then it had an almost unknown Mega Drive port. <laughs> that's the kind of fucking energy. That's the kind of. It's a very specific. It's a very specific kind of energy. Um, that that I've not felt like I've never played a game that kind of had this kind of same feeling to it. Um, so, but the best way to describe it. So you know what it is, is that I'd say it feels like a combination of Elevator Action Returns, which that is a fantastic and stupidly good arcade game. If you've never played it, go do it. Um, I don't know if that game ever had a good port other than a Saturn mm. one, too. Like, you'd probably have to maim that. That's like, that, that is one of my 1cc dreams. Like, I want a 1cc that uh, someday. Nice. Um, but yeah, Elevator Action Returns. And uh, Judge Dredd on the SNES Genesis. And there's a cinematic platformer. Um, it's, it's these sort of games that are, that are like sort of like out of this world, uh, flashback, things like that. But there, but there was one that came out that was right up my alley back in the day that was just like, oh, no, this is just Shotgun Dude, the video game. <laughs> it's called Blackthorn. Anybody so play Blackthorn? Oh. Yes. Yeah. I know of it. Yeah, like this game. That game is yep. shotgun dude. <laughs> shotgun dude. The video game because you got a shotgun and you shoot people with it, and that's his deal. <laughs> and you can like shoot. You can just shoot the gun behind you and not even look. It's real good. <laughs> um. So this game kind of encapsulates. Kind of it because I was looking at footage. Like mm-hmm. I was looking at footage. Just like this isn't. It's not just like Contra. It's no. not just like straightforwardly one it's, of our usual touchstones. I'm just trying to parse it. Like, like are, are you mean Blackthorn? No, I was um, or, or at, um, Hunt Down. Looking at Hunt Down. Yeah, like this is like it's not just Contra. It's a combination. It's so it's a running gunner where the objective is to just get the end of every stage and beat the boss. Like that's it. Like this is a very <laughs> straightforward running gunner. There, there, there's a literal shit ton of weapons to pick up and use. There's loads and loads of guns, loads and loads and loads of melee weapons for you to pick up and use. And, like, all the weapons have limited ammo. Like, very, very limited ammo, so you're always kind of swapping in and out weapons all the time after you kill a dude. Just go grab his shit, pick it up and get going. Um, you'll be switched. So you'll, you'll, be, you'll be switching weapons, like, a whole lot. Uh, but, the, but the thing that makes it interesting is there's, there's a cover system where you can duck behind various objects and it counts as cover. But, like, Blackthorn, you can also kind of, like, tuck yourself into the background to avoid enemy hits, too. And the game encourages, like, really thoughtful play like this. Like, it feels really fucking chaotic, but if you go in trying to play it like a chaotic game, like, if you go in trying to run and gun it like Contra, this game's gonna just beat your fucking ass. So it wants you to play it a little more methodical, so it mixes it up. 
Um, and, and, um, like, all of the enemies have, like, light variants to their behaviors, too, so that keeps things interesting. So it's not, like, it's not chaotic, like Hotline Miami, where, like, the behavior is just sporadic as fuck. Um, but there's enough variance to where, like, no two attempts at a stage are gonna feel, like, 100% the same, because enemies, like, they do have distinctive patterns, but they can vary that up. Like, they they feel like they have option selects, basically, like, at, at the point of attack, where they can just, like, either take cover again, or roll back behind something, or just run up and smack the shit out of you instead of trying to gun it out. Um... Uh, so it's like a game like where every stage has got a boss, and like all of the bosses in the game are super, super, super duper crunchy. Uh, normal levels typically have you like face off like against like normal human sized type enemies, where they've got like fun attack or mobility gimmicks, mm-hmm. and like the fights themselves are like two to three minutes long, and they escalate as you go, and like they all just feel real good. Like you get to the end of a stage, you get a real satisfying boss fight uh, to have to play around with, and then like then they're the big. The big end of the area bosses, sort of like the big kingpins of every area, where these are like big, ridiculous, over the top set pieces, um, and they're honestly so over the top and, and and nutty that it's just like they, they had me laughing out loud a, a lot of the time, just with how big, <laughs> with how big, loud, and stupid they are. Uh, nice. I can't, I can't like, 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 I think one of my favorites is Unholy Goalie. He's he's a he's a hockey goalie. <laughs> he's a hockey goalie that attacks with explosions. It's great. <laughs> and he's got a hockey team with him. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, but there's like so there's like twenty stages, twenty bosses, and it's done. Um, you can go back and find some like hidden collectibles and stages if you want, but you don't really get anything for it. Uh, and I'm working through a hard mode playthrough right now, which is it, it's proving pretty satisfying right now. I finished the first two areas. It's much harder. Like it's like one or mm. two one or two hits and you're dead. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's it does not play around, uh, but I think that like this is a game where you can like easily look at video or, or, or screenshots and you you know you know what you're getting into. You know this is going to be the thing. Like you know if this is something yeah. you're going to dig, and like and if anything, like how can you not appreciate just like the the, the the sheer amount of art that this game has? Like this game, like we say that about so a much. we we say this a lot about a, a lot about games, but this is literally one of those games that has most of all. This is the most all of the fucking <laughs> art that I've ever seen. Like the the amount of unique assets, and there's like not a lot of repeated tile work. Mm-hmm. Like it, a, a lot of the the set pieces and stages are just very unique. There, I don't I don't notice a lot of tile map stuff where they're just kind of like like you know you're you're in the city area and this is the city tile map it's like no they're like every area and level is different enough that they're adding enough new stuff that either the repeated stuff is hard to notice or there's just not a lot of it but man oh man, man. does this game look expensive jeez <laughs> how long is it uh it only like, like two and a half hours three hours like, it's only 20 stages, they're in and out, like, it's not, like, it's not super long, like, it gets in and, but, like, it's it, not but, an arcade game, but not. Yeah, like, I didn't feel but. that I needed more when it finished, like, when it, when it was over, I was like, that's fine, like, that's where that game needed to end, um, and, and I felt that, like, the climax. Yeah, kind of what I was parsing out. Yeah. What you said about the, kind of, Amiga thing, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so it's kind of that. And, and that flashback comparison where this is more like that, that that's what you said that really kind of got me interested was like okay so this is kind of doing the 
I like that thoughtful play, like that cinematic platformer vibe. Yeah, yeah. Combined with like really over the top action. Yeah, it's that's really cool that's really what does it for me. Is that like I think Bloodborne is cool, or not Bloodborne, but Blackthorn. <laughs> <laughs> I think Blackthorn is cool, but like it's also kind of one of those puzzle box games where if you misuse one item, you have to give up and start the level over. And I think mm-hmm. that that's kind of that feels really bad. Um, but this kind of like takes the ideas of like a real like real crunchy weapon set, fun movement, um, and, and and like the cover idea. It takes those ideas and then mixes it with something that's more chaotic and and more arcade like. And and like again, like you have to watch this game in action to fully get it. I think so. Like watch a video or so, um, and just kind of like what you see is what you get. Like everything is blowing up all the fucking time and. <laughs> It's this glorious handcrafted art that is just so lovingly put together. Like, it's a, I like going through the stages sometimes and just going back through them, emptying them out, and then going back and looking at details in the background to see if there was anything I missed. Like, That's there's, awesome. There's just a lot of cool shit like that. There's a lot to this game to explore, even though there's not, like, a lot of... Like, I didn't find the incentive of finding, like, the, the hidden packages and stuff in the levels. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't really... Like, you don't get anything for it, to my knowledge. Yeah. It's just, like, you're, there are three hidden... There are three hidden stashes in every level, and I don't think you get anything for finding them other than a bone... Like, the, other than the game at the end of the stage saying, Good job! You did it. But do you get an achievement? Uh, not on Epic Game Store. My God. Oh God! I, right. You gotta. I've got to revoke my 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 video gamer privileges now because I played a game on the Epic Game Store. Yeah, that, that uh, on PC. This game is only on the Epic Game Store right now. Uh, I guess um, I'll have to buy it on PS4. But it's also out on PS4 and, and it's Switch. Nerd, it's on. Mm. It's on PS4 and Switch. So yeah. if that if that's where you want to go to play it, mm. um, yeah. I think it's good. Like, I... This looks awesome, Polly. This game is... Like, I avoided talking about this game for a couple months because it it's obviously, like... I think that, like, riots and stuff is a real touchy subject right now. Uh-oh. And I wanted to kind of be sure where this game was kind of at with all of that because it felt a little cop-adjacent at first. But now it's just more like, oh, no, it's mm-hmm. just, like, bounty hunters and... You know, it's very, very much Blade Runner kind of stuff happening here, and like I don't really feel that. It, I, I don't feel that like the way the world is right now in any kind of way is gonna like give you any kind of weird feels playing this, which is sort of why I avoided talking about yeah. it at first. But um, having having finished it once already, and now going back through on a uh, on a on a hard mode playthrough, and it's still feeling like it's still grabbing me, like it still feels really good guys like the weapons in this game feel so good (laughs) just like grabbing any gun and firing it just feels real good there's just the right amount of screen shake the right amount of hit stun like the people that put this together are real real fucking smart about game design and there's some incredible talent um with regards to the visual and audio package that this game is putting out like this game's got an attitude and it wears it on its sleeve so confidently that it's just it's intoxicating like it was just immediately like all i this game has already ensnared me and i only watched like two or three minutes of somebody streaming it and i knew that i had to have it immediately so yeah hunt down is the shit uh so glad to have finally gotten to talk about that one (laughs) this is a swedish game yep that's interesting yep it's a swedish game and they have done 
they have not shown anything else they've done online. <laughs> nope. As far as I can tell. No, I, I think that this is their only thing, and they. Pro- I think this was like a four or five year project. Mm. And it looks I it. Believe it. Like I, yeah. I think that I think that there was like an E three video of like, from like 2016 for it or something. <laughs> God. Like it's that's just, like it, when I was going back to look at like how did I miss this game? Like this game should be, this game should have been on my radar day one. I mean, that's what's worrying me is that I've never heard anybody talk about this game besides you. I yeah. don't think it sold very well. Unfortunate. Like this game deserves quite a bit more, and I know that it's taking a beating because obviously they took some cash from Epic to be there. Uh, <laughs> it's on probably the PC. only yeah yeah like bullshit yeah like in the way people are gonna bitch about like I I've made my opinion on that stuff pretty yeah. evident like I think I think people that play video games are just a bunch of fucking crybabies and need to get <laughs> over it. People have to make money making these fucking games. Stop being an idiot. I mean, if that deal like is the difference between this game being a hundred percent flop or them being able to make another one, yeah. obviously, like, I will that's... absolutely take them being on a fucking Epic Game Store. It does not hurt my dainty little gamer pinky finger <laughs> to launch the Epic Game Store and play a fucking video game. Jesus Christ! My index finger's broken. I mean, it's literally, it's literally just like support wanting to have a monopoly where only one store is valid so that you can have all your games in one tidy launcher. Yeah. It's like, which is poisonous, especially it's, when Steam sucks for this. Yeah, Steam is garbage for this. Like, the, 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 like in the, like... A massive revenue cut. It's always the fucking, like, the dumbest thing is like, Epic just wants a monopoly. Like, well, what do you fucking think Steam is? <laughs> the, the, the lack of self-awareness with these fucking yeah. pea-brained idiots. I swear to Christ. Yeah. And uh, it's literally just like, I want it on one launcher, and then not thinking about thinking through the implications of it. Like, who fucking cares about the people that make these things? It only, uh, like, it's just me. It's all about me and my convenience. But people, but people that are like that aren't, like, the people that bitch about this shit aren't going to be the ones playing games like Hunt Down anyway. Yeah. Like, they always pick these games, and it's just like, you're never going to play this! This was never on your radar! That, it really sucks when it's these smaller studios getting the crossfire yeah. shit, and not, like, Borderlands 3 or whatever. Yeah, like, Borderlands 3, people bitched a fit about it, and they were still there day one on Steam buying it. Whining, like, and it was just like, all is forgiven. But 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 this game literally getting the shit beat out of it. Untitled Goose Game getting the shit yeah. beat out of it because yeah. whiny little babies can't like do not understand that video games cost money to make. I mean that's been the whole thing with Kickstarter as well. It's like you want two million dollars to make this, and they're like, yeah, that's like forty percent of our budget. <laughs> two million dollars to make Shenmue. <laughs> God. <laughs> Wasn't Shenmue one like the most expensive game yeah, ever like made Shen- at the time? Yeah, like yeah, like Shenmue was literally one of the most expensive games ever made. So, what we're really saying though is like I need everybody to start playing Hunt Down, please. I'm probably going to it buy it on PS4 good. like tonight. Yeah, this this yeah. game is the truth. I I promise you, this game is so good. Like every boss fight is just like they find cool new ways to make. What are almost riffs on normal enemy designs, like, just super interesting and unique. Um, nice. And they just keep doing that. 
and it, it surprised me every time because it's just like you're gonna do this for every stage. You're gonna run. You're gonna run out. You're gonna run out of. You're gonna run out of ideas, and they fucking didn't. I was just shocked. I know twenty stages actually sounds like a lot. It's a lot. It is a yeah. big old game, despite the fact that like. Yeah, like, I can run through this game in, like, two and a half hours, but, like, depending on how good you are at, like, mm-hmm. run-and-gun games, like, it's gonna, you know, like, it might take you a little longer. Just depends. Yeah. Just depends. But this is a good video mm-hmm. game, and, and more people need to be playing Hunt Down, I think. Because nobody's ever heard of it. Because Thank nobody's ever heard of it. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, yeah. Like, I knew that I had to get this one out there because literally nobody talking about it was bothering yeah. me. <laughs> oh. Right. And, you, and it makes sense that you wanted to hold off from yeah. it because you were... Yeah, like, I wanted to make sure that it, it didn't... Sensitive. Yeah, I don't want to, like, run up against things that are really raw right now. And thankfully, I think that this game is definitely yeah. safe enough away from all of that. You're not gonna, you know, like, nah, this game's this game's funny that, and hilarious enough that, like, and it's far, like, you know, it's it, it's in that Blade Runner universe where it's just bounty hunters and, and like, where, where, like, a punk with a mohawk in the 80s is the yeah. is the worst thing you can possibly imagine as as the as an ill of society I mean the trailer the trailer definitely looks goofy enough that I had no thought of it being like a pro cop thing yeah, yeah like the first shot is like a like a hover jet flying through a window and then there's a giant robot with a spiked club <laughs> like it's a little out there so yeah, I think like, we're good. Yeah, yeah. Watch that with sound. Uh, it's, it's got some. Oh, it's got some real funny lines. I, I want to talk about some games, y'all. You want to talk about video games? Couple. You have a couple of video, I games talk about video games that you want to talk about on my podcast, the Soxcast. <laughs> All right, I suppose I can allow it this time. Mm-hmm. All I right, two two free games I really liked that I want to talk about. And I've got two games that I think both of y'all are familiar with that I want to talk about briefly. Okay. Uh, so we're going to do some more some more kind of rapid fire. All right. Um, the first one is I, I want to talk about this fantastic um, new RPG Maker game by Shreka, by um, Fol- my friend Twitter friend Folgerdrum mm-hmm. um, called Ocean Oi. Oh, I saw this. I'm going to post a link. Yep. yep. Um, and it is, oh god, it is so <laughs> laser targeted, my shit. Um, it's an RTP only mm-hmm. RPG Maker 2000 game that is literally just a series of fights in a row. Mm-hmm. It's a gauntlet with a bare minimum framing narrative, and then, but with its own, like, cool little spin. Mm. It's using the default engine, it does the, um, it kind of does what Slimes does, where if you've played that one, which I recommended. That Slimes is very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like Slimes. Um, where MP, new in this game, is a resource you renew using skills. Yeah. So you build up your MP, which you use to do other attacks, by using other skills. Um. And it's a really simple conceit, and it's the same conceit that all of the enemies abide by. Yep. The enemies, in order to use certain attacks, have to take turns to build up their stockpile of MP, basically. Mm-hmm. And you have a, you start off with a handful of items as well, including a handful that do restore MP as well. Um, and it's just a very simple conceit, 
and it uses it to build some extremely tense, good turn-based fights. I didn't think uh, I didn't think that you could have AI that worked as well in RPG Maker 2000 as as well as some of the fights that I saw in this game uh, was working. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it seemed to be able to read the situation and know when it like needed to uh, reobtain magic points and shit. I didn't think that you could do that kind of shit in RPG Maker 2000. It's really clever. There's definitely a lot of like custom scripting going on in yeah. the um, battle events, yeah. which is where all the really tricky stuff. That's where all the meets happening. But I did like I've played with RPG Maker 2000 a lot, and I didn't know that you could get ro- as robust as this game seems with that fucking battle system. Mm, I was ridiculously impressed. It's also yeah. RPG Maker 2000 and not 2003, yeah. which is just kind of which a is good. Engine. Which is good. <laughs> um, it's not ATB. It is just turn-based. Yeah. Oh, um, interesting. So it's just very clean, front-facing turn-based fights. Um, and the most fun I had, I, I it, it was like perfectly balanced because I only died once. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like on the edge of my seat the whole game. <laughs> Um, and it was, so it was just like kind of an ideal RPG combat experience. Yeah. And the framing narrative is super minimal, but it brings it home with the last fight in a really cool way that I was very pleased with. Nice. Um, so this was, yeah, this, this really impressed me. It came together in just four weeks. It's a, Mm. it's an over an hour long, it's a beefy game Mm. and it doesn't feel like it's wasting your time at all. I'm ridiculously impressed at the scope of this considering um considering the short dev time yeah um my favorite part is when i'm in a fight and all these enemies are doing different things you'll Mm -hmm. be like facing down four enemies and you'll understand what most of them do and then you'll think which do i need to kill first and no matter which one you choose you kind of get fucking <laughs> yeah because other enemies yeah like it, it, it's very similar to slimes in that way is like where you're going to be focusing down mm-hmm. on, you're, you're going to be removing one troublesome part of the fight but the other troublesome parts of the fight are still happening mm-hmm. so you're trying to figure out like what is the order i need to take these out yeah in, yeah if the enemy that heals hp for everybody the enemy that heals mp the enemy that doesn't do anything until it gets a stock of MP and then it lets loose like some really big attacks um and then it's no matter what no matter which one you go for like it's never just go for the healer first no it's because yeah it's not that it's never that simple like it feels it's a really it feels very nuanced and smart to me with how it handles it yeah and I had a lot of fun kind of parsing out what the Trip was, and again, the last fight just really brings it home in an awesome way. Cool. Um, like with, with this kind of minimal narrative, um, it's very cool when you can still kind of bring it home with like just something that feels very evocative, mm-hmm. I guess. <clears throat> and it does. It makes a couple really cool choices that make the last fight land really hard. Right. So I had a blast with this. It's free. I posted link in the chat Um, very recommended another game the other free game I wanted to bring up was Ringman in the Castle and this is an RPG maker not no not RPG maker (laughs) game this is a Mega Man fan game made in the game maker 
Mega Mix engine, which mm -hmm. I've been playing around with. It's very cool. I've it's been meaning to check that out. It looks neat. It's a Game Maker Studio project. Yeah. That is just a Mega Man engine. Yeah. And it's insanely robust. Nice. It has all these levels built in. It has like all these every enemy and boss you can think of, it feels like, from one through ten and the Game Boy game. Is this what is this what Narf has been using? To do yes. this video, okay, because like I was like, those are not NES hacks. They can't be. No, they're not. It's not an NES hack. It is okay. I thought like because like when I started seeing you were playing with this, I was like, okay, this makes more sense. Mm -hmm. And the game maker is a lot easier to use than any. Oh NES yeah, hacking tool. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's, so it's obviously not authentic, but it's really fucking fun yeah um so the mo the mega mix engine has usually been used for making these mega projects in the community where mm -hmm. a bunch of people come together and make one level yeah and then it's put together into one giant like 60 70 level game Ooh. um and those <laughs> seem insanely cool but also like there's there's going to be a lack of cohesion when you're oh yeah that, yeah it's a, it's a big community project mm -hmm. Um, it seems like there's some cool framing narratives they kind of introduce and play around with, and they do a lot of work to kind of bring all the levels up to a certain standard. So mm -hmm. I'd love to poke around those at some point, but that's also, but it's, it's not kind of like a singular authored experience in the way that what I just linked, which is Ringman in the Castle, and it's just four levels. Um, the levels are good. Mm -hmm. um, each of them have some original bosses that are very handcrafted. They were, they were obviously built in the engine mm -hmm. um, just with Game Maker code and with a lot of custom sprite work and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And they're, the, the levels are mostly like built-in assets, but, then they, and, but they're very well done. And then they build to these really cool, um, very, just like good, fair kinetic fights where they're doing kind of slightly random they have a, a number of attack patterns all of them can be avoided but they're jumping between them in different random orders yeah. so you're having to react it's very just that kind of good boss yeah um and it's got a cute little framing narrative it basically they took he built it in the they, they built it in the uh mega mix engine but then chain took out the mega mix um menu and everything and mm -hmm. just turned it into a solo game it has its own title screen they changed the menu um, they added a little they added a couple cutscenes um, they added a whole new set of verbs because you're playing as ring man yeah and he can't he'd use it he can shoot the ring in any direction he can um, fling the ring around him I'm not sure if he can do it in any direction but he can fling the ring around him mm -hmm. and later on he gets an additional power up that's really cute that they use in some cool ways. So, what it is, it's basically just like a cool, good four-stage platformer with a that escalates nicely, that has its own kind of unique verb set, mm -hmm. um, and then reaches like a satisfying climax. I played this game, I played through it, I really enjoyed it, and then I played, and then I played it for like two more hours until I beat it without without dying. And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, I had just a really good time with this. Um, so. This, to me, is sort of like a really strong model for what fan games in this engine can look like. Hmm. And as far as I know, this, from what I understand, this is one of the only ones structured like this. Like, it's mostly the big um, 
basically big community wad kind of things mm-hmm. versus these like very deliberate authored paced short yeah. action games and it's not it doesn't I, I don't think it has to be like I made eight robot masters and a wily fortress I think it can be something much more restrained, more restrained. and also more <clears throat> propulsive yeah because like these this I think is probably better than it's it's my favorite Mega Man fan game that I've tried out of the hacks that I've poked at because it's not trying to match the scope yeah and then padding it out it's just a nice propulsive story so I I really recommend it uh, I had a lot of fun with that cool um so those are the two cool free games I played mm-hmm. um, I played two more commercial games that y'all might be familiar with commercial oh, Chrome. Yo, that's a good video game. It is a good video game. I've only played through it once. I didn't get the... I didn't do, like, the... I haven't dug into it in an arcade sense yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had a lot of fun with this, with that casual playthrough. Yeah. Um, This is just... It's just really good fun Contra. Yeah, like, it's it's very clearly taking its inspiration from Irem and Contra and Contra Hardcore. Um, Mm. Just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like... I still think the weapons need a little more time in the oven, honestly, but uh, yeah, that game... I mostly use the machine gun. I didn't... Yeah. I don't know if that was because you because of what you, your experience is, or if I kind of... It's sort of a mix of remembering that and then also kind of arriving at that naturally. But yeah. Yeah. even just playing with the machine gun, I had a ton of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the machine gun and the, and the grenade launcher are the only two weapons I used, honestly. Mm. And, of course... Slashing shit with your cool sword. <laughs> That's so good. Like I'm glad that they fixed that because it was a little it was a little wonky uh, shortly after release mm-hmm. because like the the cooldown would be based on the weapon you were using. So if you were like using the grenade launcher, which has a long cooldown, mm-hmm. and you fired a weapon and then like you wouldn't be able to slash. So like enemies would just get up in your face mm-hmm. and run run you down. You'd just get killed trying to. So I think they fixed that. Um, <clears throat> they also uh, added the invincible roll uh, post launch, which I didn't think the game needed. Uh, but it, but but I do I, I do concede that it adds a little something to the game that wasn't there before. Okay. Um, I had a, I. It's just a lot. Of, God, those bosses, man. <laughs> the bosses are just... so good. <laughs> oh my god! Like if there is something, Ugh. Joy Masher is very very good at. It's putting together like incredible bosses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I pl- I've only played Oniken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't go back to. I haven't gone back to Odalis yet. I, I I kind of had the idea that I was going to do Odalis and then Blazing Chrome, but I was just in that mood. Yeah. I wanted. I wanted some count. Some Cantra. Cantra. Yeah. <laughs> um. The the space harrier left was cute. <laughs> That's so good. Like I, I remember seeing him getting that work and him being so excited that they finally got that to work. Mm-hmm. It was it was a really cute moment and like because I watched most of this game come together over uh, both uh, Twitter yes. and Facebook. So I saw him like I I kind of knew what a lot of this game was going to be before it came out. Despite the fact that even when I played it, I was still pretty surprised at what he had kind of held to his chest and not shown. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, like that was one of the cooler moments where like they got that to work, and it was just like it may not be the thing that I want in a contra game, but it's cute and it's inoffensive and it's in and out. Like you don't even think about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I was thinking, I was playing it. Like I could see this being a little taxing on like extended yeah. one credit or yeah. one life yeah. attempts. Um, but it's still, but it's still like fun. It doesn't. 
it doesn't feel like an unnecessary. It's not an unnecessary diversion. Yeah, I think it feels totally fine. The 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 first level um, where you beat up the head, the head <laughs> that's and, really good. Was oh, that the boss? When you shoot, and then the wall explodes, and then the big boss comes out of the background, and that's, you're like, "Yes, that's so good. That's such a good moment." <clears throat> oh, this is what I'm here for. Yeah, I think um, the way the actual last boss closes out, uh, I kind of expected there to be one more phase after the last <gasps> yeah. the section. I thought. Little- Weird to me. I thought that needed a little more. Mm-hmm. And that was like the only pacing thing I yeah. playing the game. I was like, oh, I could for for a contra thing. I probably want like a little more. Yeah, like <laughs> it's like one bit more. The the end doesn't quite go as crazy as I thought it would, and it needed like one more mm-hmm. step to 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 truly really mm-hmm. push it. And that's kind of the only thing I'd hold against it, really. Mm-hmm. So it's not like there's some extra thing if you once you see it or no, anything. No, because I know Contra Three has you know the extra stuff if you're playing not on easy. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, it's so cool. You mm. get you get that little escape sequence. It's great. That escape sequence is real good. The first time you get to it, it literally just, you're going to get slapped off the copter the first time because you don't see it coming. <laughs> and, and, and like the way those arms are going back and forth, it's just the meatiest bitch slap in video game history. <laughs> <laughs> so this I this is not like I still don't I played a number of running guns mm-hmm. like I'm and like I cleared um the I one credited the um Nes Contras mm-hmm. um I still feel like I've got a long way to go to actually like know what I'm doing with these yeah. games yeah um but this this. Red, this connect. I like this a lot. I connected with this. Yeah, on like, that first playthrough. What I like about this game is that it kind of captures. It captures both of what's good about both Metal Slug and Contra. Whereas mm-hmm. I think that like Metal mm-hmm. Slug by itself is overrated and boring and slow. <laughs> um, this kind of takes those good things with like the melee attacks, the 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 animations, things blowing up all the time, and kind of like I think that this merges those two worlds very very well. I think even the vehicles are cute. Yes. They're very cute. Um, so I'm excited about that. I want to get. I want to dig into these kinds of games more because I like the the clarity of the of the one hit kill is very nice, especially like coming off a lot of Mega Man stuff lately. Where, yeah. Like where where the life bar can kind of be an excuse for yeah. being a little muddled. Mm-hmm. Um, the these the one hit kill run and gun. There's just a very there's something very visceral about it. Because it's built it's built around the one hit kill. It's built yeah. to be no miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. That's really fun. Yeah. Um and last thing I'm gonna talk about, um, I played both Donkey Kong Country. It's back to back. Oh my god. <laughs> oh hey! These are these are some hella good video games, I think. I had a really good time. I wrote them off these games off for ages. I think they became uncool. Uh, That's so while. weird because I always thought Donkey Kong Country Two remained cool, and people yeah. kind of turned on the first one. Yeah, people turned on the first one because they thought Miyamoto hated it. So then it was like, oh, Miyamoto hates it, so oh, it's cool for God. me to hate it. But then it turns out like, no, Miyamoto Is never. That why? But then Miyamoto never actually said that. No, yeah. so. I thought it was just that it's a lot more basic compared to the second game. It is, but like yeah. when I started seeing people turn against it, was like. I saw an article that like somebody yeah. printed once that said like, "Oh, Miyamoto actually hates Donkey Kong Country mm. One." This is like, 
What? Oh man, there's a bad. He's a cool kid who likes Yoshi's Island. Oh, I can't. I can't get on the DKC three. Uh, I can't get on Donkey Kong Country three train with you, Fatka. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I just I I loathe the aesthetic in that game. Yeah, I it just it's too realistic. They're trying to get too like it looks too pre-rendered. It stops looking like a cartoon, yeah. and I hate Baby Kong. He's the worthless, the most worthless Kong on the planet. So let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about not worthless Kongs then, John. Who gives Who gives a shit what Miyamoto thinks about anything? <laughs> wow! Thank God somebody said it. Respect your yeah, fucking elders. He invented story. Mario for Christ's sakes. I'll respect. And Pikmin. <laughs> like, when the guy is, like, shitting on I'll Super Mario... Miyamoto when he stops ruining shit. Yeah, like, when he stopped, like, he literally ripped the story out of Super Mario Galaxy 2, because Super Mario Galaxy 1 has words in it. Gamers don't understand words. I mean, he's not wrong, but he doesn't have to say it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Paper Mario shouldn't have uh, characters. That, I don't think that's just him that's, like, a whole thing that fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I don't I, I I kind of ascribe a lot of stuff with the games themselves that I dislike with contemporary today. I sort of ascribe a lot of that to the ethos that I think he kind of birthed in a lot of yeah, ways. I, yeah. I can't speak to that in a yeah. real way, but you know, I, I think you get what I mean there. I get you. Um, so yeah, I don't give a shit if he doesn't like Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, I think I I think he said he didn't like Mario Three as much. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> Like he said something like about it being clumsy and not up to today's standards, and I'm like, oh fuck. Uh, That's weird whatever. because every single fucking new Super Mario Brothers game wants to be three. Yeah, just trying to do it again and get it right, but you're literally just you not, keep not ma- any of the ways that matter. Yeah. So anyway, okay, this- Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. So besides, to put aside shitting on Nintendo, yeah. let's talk about this good Nintendo platformer. Okay. Um, these the levels are the levels in Donkey Kong Country One. Here's what I took away from it: mm-hmm. the levels are short and really varied. Yeah. Like they just mm-hmm. throw. They, it feels generous with a lot of cool ideas. Yeah. Um, but also pretty propulsive. Like you run pretty quick. You roll around like when you get good at the various levels, you are moving real quick mm-hmm. with them. Um, and that's really satisfying. The music is really good. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a reason the, the those games have kind of legendary soundtracks and people still talk about. Is it? Uh, yep. It's Kirkhope and Wise, basically those two guys. Yep. Grant Kirkhope and Grant Kirkhope and David Wise. Okay. Yeah. Um. So the, I think it became most striking in that first snow level because that's mm. the one where the music builds in this really cool way and also the background changes yeah. from this like peaceful day to like a blizzard yeah. yeah and as the level gets really hard mm-hmm. and there was a there was an aesthetic unity there that made me that really impressed me like mm-hmm. it, it felt evocative in a cool way yeah yeah and i had a ton of fun with it and i got up through all the worlds i remembered and then turns out there were no worlds it just ended and that was the final boss <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. first, the first game is a little anticlimactic. Yeah, I was just like, wait, that was the last world. I was like, wait, what's the next? W- I can't remember the next world after this at all. <laughs> oh, oh, because there isn't one. Yeah, <laughs> it's just that's it. 
Yeah. And the world map in that one's kind of yep. weird, right? Like you go back down. Yeah. And it's just over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that dumb it's fake out in the final fun, boss fight. The fake out of the final boss fight is good. Very cute. That's super good. It's so funny. Um, I think I think my takeaway from it was the anticlimacticness almost made it charm was kind of charming in a way because it mm-hmm. literally it felt like almost eighties y yeah it, of like here here's a, just a bunch of levels we made and now it's over yeah like it definitely <laughs> has it has that kind of riffing energy in it I think mm-hmm. yeah from um, I like that the I like that the instruction manual explicitly says. Um, Where's my heads-up display? It's scroll off the screen it's like it sh- fucking should be. Yes, they're very proud of that. Uh, they were very, very <laughs> proud of that. I mean, that was a game that was a hundred percent sold on. Oh my god, look at these graphics! Yeah, yeah. Like, like you have to understand, like at the time, those graphics were I, fucking mind blowing. I got a VHS in the mail from Nintendo Power. <laughs> And I wasn't even subscribed to them, but they knew Weird. that they wanted everybody to know that this game was coming out. I got this, and it was just, like, immediately blown away at what I was looking at. So, yeah, it fucking worked. That's so good. I'm so glad that worked as well as it did. Because uh, everyone was like, oh, my God, it looks like Toy Story. I think Toy Story was out. It must have been. Yeah, Toy Story was Like, out the whole pre-rendered thing. Like, people didn't really understand, like, how the, they were tricking the SNES into doing it. Yeah, like, it's just... They're still making sprites. It's just... Yeah. They're of 3D models. Just a different style of rendering where it's, like, instead of doing kind of cartoon cel-shaded, like, just render the CG directly. Yeah. And everyone was just like, oh, my God, how is the Nintendo rendering CG like this? Like, dude, it's a trick. It's a trick, and it's it's a yeah. damn effective one, too. <laughs> but it really worked. Because they went on to use that in, like, yeah. Killer Instinct, and there was a Ken Griffey Jr. baseball game they did like this. Mm. Like, this was a big Nintendo thing. Mm. Killer Instinct was definitely where my brain went. Because it even kind of has a similar vibe with some of the music, too. Yep. I wonder if, I wonder um, if you can even trace back, like, those PS1 Final Fantasies doing the pre-rendered background thing to this oh absolutely interesting cool okay toy story was 1996 Um, yeah i was like i think that was actually later (laughs) so this yeah so that that's even more remarkable that this predates that wait 96 because there was a toy story game on genesis yeah how fucking late was that (laughs) pretty late jesus 94 seems Early yeah. almost, but I guess they did get three games. At, yep, 94. I mean, yeah, Donkey Kong Country Three was really late. That's why. Yeah, a lot of people also didn't mm. play it. The thing that was always funny to me is like how this whole Ma- Mario versus Sonic rivalry got built up when it was really Mario or it was really Sonic versus Donkey Kong Country. I mean, at that point, were, at that yeah. point, but like when Sonic came out, it was 1991, so that was when Super Mario World came out. I know, but then Mario went silent for like five years, and then Sonic had all these sequels, and then just I feel they were much more closely related to Donkey Kong Country. Maybe because like the way John talks about this game is like you go fast and you roll into a ball, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that feels real good. Yeah. Also, it's got attitude. He blows up the old the old guy's thing. Yeah. Plays it. <laughs> I feel like these games, like Mario, never took direct shots at Sonic, and these games do. Yeah. Oh god, they do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I tried. I tried. Um, I figured out that you can that it notes which levels you found all the bonuses on, which made the bonus hunting go from 
oh my god, that's impossible. Yeah. I can't imagine ever doing this. To okay, I can. It's it narrows the possibility. This is the search space from the whole game to one level. Yeah. Um, but it, I tried doing that for this game, and I had a couple times where it seemed like the only way I was supposed to find the secret was to take a blind jump into a. Yeah, there are a yeah. few <laughs> like that for sure. Yeah. And that's why I mean, we're knowing. talking about the era of it was still an era of Nintendo power. Mm. So obviously, and knowing, that, knowing I, that it kind of drained my enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I still had a fun time just playing it as a straightforward platformer. Mm. Um, and then I immediately played two. I beat one as a no, I didn't beat one as a kid. I beat one. I had one and I played it a bunch mm-hmm. on, and I got to like the snow world over and over <laughs> and then I did beat it later on on an emulator right mm-hmm. I never beat two I never got past world two as a kid Jeez. and I never got far into two mm. as as an adult so this is my first time playing through Donkey Kong Country 2 mm. um, it's real good hell does yeah it go like... down, does it go down smooth uh <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say so. Yeah. So basically, this feels a. It's very substantive, where they have like a bunch of these aesthetics that feel a lot more developed mm-hmm. than anything in the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, the the beehive levels stuck out to me. Yeah. Really starkly, the yeah. the vine levels in the sky. Uh, Chris, the crystal, it, uh, the, the crystal, uh, the crystal. Cave. Yep. Uh, it feels a lot more fleshed out than the first game does. Yeah. And it feels like it has a lot of strong visual identities going on. Yeah. Um, that tie in with the music really well, obviously. Because the music's real good in this one. Oh, shit. Like, if you think the music is good in one, it's stupid in two. How <laughs> incredibly good mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. There, I think it was World 4. Or, which is the kind of carnival world where mm-hmm. I just had like these three really amazing different level themings in a row and I was just kind of reeling back like oh man this just feels this feels like such a feast yeah of like good platformer ideas sticker brush symphony fuck yes mm-hmm. is it sticker brush or sti- sticker bush because everyone has like a everybody's got their own version <laughs> yeah Mandala effect. Uh, Berenstein. Uh, oh, no. Sure I, I'm pretty sure I come from the Sticker Brush, Sticker Brush Symphony universe. Right. Um, <laughs> so, this one's also real hard. Oh, God. It doesn't... Look, it I don't start, think... This game doesn't really start showing its fangs, like, super early, though. Like, it, it, it waits a few worlds. No. no, I was just a dumb baby, and I didn't, couldn't figure it out. Also, I was confused by the coin stuff. I thought I had to have coins. Oh, no, coins. no, no. Um, but now it's just a it's just a linear platform. Yeah. Um. And it gets real hard. And the dominant point of comparison I had in my brain over and over was Jack Two. <laughs> oh man! Like reason. there are some levels near the end where yeah, that's absolutely like the solid comparison. Or the way, or the way I just was like raking my dick over the coals. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Over and over with like these incredibly strict um, set pieces. It gets crazy and near the it end. Felt like it felt like Jack Two to me. Yeah, like there are some parts um, in that game. Like there were there are some jumps that are like they're, they're they're like three to five frame jumps that you have to make, and it's just 
stupid. <laughs> and so the big thing, the big weaknesses there in the first game, I think, was that, um, well, the uh, maybe the aesthetic could have been developed more. I wouldn't have thought that just playing the first game, mm-hmm. but then this one shows like, okay, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You can go, yeah. go harder. Like the first uh, one the, fe- feels very proof of concept, but they made an obviously a good game around it. Whereas the second was like, okay, we know what the fuck we're doing now. Yeah, yeah, and also the bosses are just baby easy and have nothing going on. <laughs> oh yeah, like that's just kind of Donkey Kong Country's thing. Uh, the two's bosses are really cool. <laughs> a yeah. lot of them feel kind of epic. Oh yeah, yeah. The phase bosses. Yeah. Um, the ghost, pi- the ghost parrot, where you're like climbing up this level, chasing after it. That's good the, shit. Pa- the the bee that has multiple phases to it, the way it attacks you. Yeah. Um. The last boss too. Oh it, god. It, it, it develop. It gets hard and it develops um. Th- develops that theming of the bosses a lot better than yeah. the first game did. Yeah. Um, the sword where you jump across the lava. That's the so set. good. That's like that's <laughs> the one so that always good. that's the one that always jumps out at me first for some reason. Like that's I think that's the first boss where I played the game and it was just like, oh, we're doing some different shit now. Like that's the first mm-hmm. boss where I really kind of felt like the game was changing shit up. Mm-hmm. I like that the first world, the second world is the terrifying lava world. It's like, hey, we're gonna just get this. We're out just gonna now. do it that's now. Like, yeah, we're up in the stakes. Yeah, and then the first world is. Hey, we you know how we didn't have a last world for the first yeah. game? <laughs> now we have that. Here you go. And it's real hard. Um, and it's a lot harder. Um, and Yeah, those are the those are the big things. I haven't done the collectible hunting yet since I kind of lost momentum after yeah. um, stopping with the first game. Um, I don't know, so I don't know how the lost world wraps up. Mm-hmm. Um, is it good? Like is it a fun is it worth it? Is it fun? It's... Do you all know? I would play it. Yeah, I would um, definitely. I, at some point. God, I haven't played this game since you know '95 or whenever oh, it came wow. out. So you mentioning that there's a hidden world at the end, I, was, I just had this moment of, oh yeah, because I definitely got all the coins and did that, but I just don't remember. I know it'll kick you in the dick. Uh, oh yeah, it'll I mean, stomp your <laughs> di- it will stomp your dick into dust. Yep. Um, oh, and that's the last thing that the first game doesn't have a climax. This game. Goes so much. At oh the yeah, end. it's really good. <laughs> you have like three levels in a row with this tower theming. Mm-hmm. You are go- you are climbing to the top of the world map, and then you get to the top, and it just keeps going up and up and up <laughs> yep. and up. The the and there are three different levels with this gorgeous, scary castle theme, and they're all themed around verticality in completely different ways. One is an auto scroller. Mm-hmm. Yep. One has a bunch of ropes and hooks, mm-hmm. and one has the um, animals where yeah. that can ascend in different ways, mm-hmm. and the way it cascades is really really cool. Yes. And so when I got to the when I got to the end, I was just like extremely fucking pumped. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it it is funny though because there's a fake out where there's an airship at the end, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh my god, there's more. <laughs> and they have <laughs> then they have a, a level another sticker brush symphony level that ends with like this ridiculously tight parrot race. Yes. Um, which is absurd. It's ridiculous. It's so much. Also a nice thing is that you have to pay money coins to save in this game. Yep. 
and I was constantly like wanting to save that I hadn't found the coin in the level. I was like, should I go back to an early level? I don't know. Um, it was really funny to me though because I kind of expected there to be more to the last world. Yeah. So then I got, and then it just does the final boss, and I'm like, okay, unlike the first game, there was a climax here, but then you kind of teed there up to be a more of a world with this whole mm. thing, but instead the parent race was the last level. <laughs> Weird. I was like, oh, what? Okay. It's so good it times. Like a really, it's weird. It's a good time. It's really funny because the, the one right before that is such like a natural end point. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, okay, parrot race. <laughs> now final boss. Um, but yeah, this game rules. I had a really good time. Hell yeah. The, the, the best Mario platformer on the Super I, game? hmm. Hmm. Well, I, I, I mean, don't, I, don't I would see Mario say, in the game. I would say that it's the best Mario like platformer on the the console because I don't think World is that engaging, uh, and I I could give her like I don't think Yoshi's Island is bad, but I could I mean I could give or take it honestly. Mm-hmm. Like I think I like Donkey Kong Country yeah, I, I think more. I like Yoshi's Island. I think I like Yoshi's Island more than World. Um, this kind of opened my heart back up to it because I was like, oh shit, Super Nintendo platformers that are like hours long and have save points mm-hmm. can be good. You know, maybe they can be good. <laughs> I just they think that, like I just think world is so disengaging though. Like, like get a cape, do world, all the world more. was the one I replayed and was like World was the one I replayed and I was just like, oh no. This doesn't make me happy like it made me Aww. feel like a kid. Mm. And so I, I, that kind of burned me on this style for a while. Yeah. And now Donkey Kong Country is like Maybe it can be good. And, and those Donkey Kong Country, those Donkey Kong Country Return games are stupidly good. They're really good. Like they really capture that yeah, same energy. They're building on those ideas in really smart ways that aren't just like, oh look, we remade Sticker Brush Sympathy Symph- Symphony. We just did that, and everybody loves it. No, like these games are still doing their own unique and interesting things. Um, so yeah, cool. super happy with where that that series is right now. Yeah, it's it's really nice. I kind of had written this series off for whatever reason, and I'm back back on board, and I've got a bunch more games to play. I've got Donkey Kong Country Returns, and Donkey Kong Country Returns 2, and Donkey Kong 64, and Donkey Kong... Not Donkey Kong 64. <laughs> nobody, like nobody on the planet Earth needs to play Donkey Kong 64. Oh my god, what happened to that game? Ugh... <laughs> Rare, like they got, they did it. They did one thing, and then people were like, "Hey, we like that." And they were like, "Well, what if we did it times a million? Then isn't even like all their stuff just turn into that? Like isn't Jet Force Gemini that? Yeah, that too. And like you literally can't fight the final Aww. boss of Jet Force Gemini without doing all the dumb collecting shit. Oh, I never played that game. I, it always seemed like my jam. That's my I'd... first. Weird. That was my first N64 game, and I never got past like a couple nah. levels in. Mm. Um, so those are those are all my little experiences. I figured those last two yeah. ones would be a little fun. Right, we're doing some catch up here. Yeah. Yep. So that's it. That's me. Cool. Brett. Hello. You got anything else? <laughs> yes, I do. All right. Is it anime? Tell us, Brett. It's it's anime, Jason. I think it's a video game, though. Okay. Technically. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, it came out in February. I've been playing it on and off since then. Mm-hmm. Mostly off now because it's offline. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. 
I'm gonna take my earbuds I'm out so now. Sorry, Rat. I played the mobile. Rat, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I played the mobile game Simple Gear XD Unlimited. <laughs> Apparently, it was limited after all, though. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say. I was about to make the same fucking joke. Everybody pretty much hey, made the same joke. I mourn. I mourn for you, Rat. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's such a bummer. <laughs> they flew <laughs> too close to the sun. So this is a mobile game. It's a gotcha. It's not very good. <laughs> Like, like I'll be honest. I almost before they announced the shutdown, I was almost like, I'm I'm fucking done with this shit. I almost quit anyways. Because <laughs> as a game, it plays itself and it's boring and bad. Yeah. And it's just like I played a lot of PSO two back in like 2015, mm-hmm. and there's a loop in that game of you you know fighting the raid boss, getting a shitload of items, and then spending like half an hour sorting through bullshit and like upgrading your gear and stuff. This game was kind of that without the actual gameplay part where it's just this infinite loop of upgrading and making numbers go up. And it's oh, just kind of miserable. God. So it's like you do an event mission and then you get some upgrade crafting materials and then you upgrade your cards and then doing that unlocks achievements. They're like, hey, you upgraded a card today. Here's more shit. And then you upgrade. <laughs> it's like it just goes in circles you for feed, hours. Feed these cards to each other to make another card. That's the other thing is that like this mm. game, people were kind of giving it flack because it is extremely, uh, it's pretty generous in the gotcha because it wants you to get duplicates and feed them to each oh, other. Oh yeah, one of those. So like, mm-hmm. which is not mandatory. You tell me that that was oh for mandatory in order to raise the level cap, you have to feed them. Yeah. Um, gotcha. That is not the case in like Faco. In Faco you can get the level cap up as high as you want without engaging with the gotcha at all, beyond mm-hmm. just getting the initial card. Yeah. So and this, this was like, oh, this sounds less generous than Fake Grand Order. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing, you stopped playing Fake Grand Order because it was too hard. This game is extremely easy. You don't actually have to engage with that part unless you want to do the PvP. Which That's the other thing I heard folks complain about who had played other gotchas. It's like there's no skip function for the bot fights. You actually have to fight them. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man. Is that is that true in Simple Gear, where you can just repeat skip fights that you've already? I don't know. Uh, there, you can hit, you can just turn on auto battle, and it'll just do it for you. Yeah, you don't get that. You don't get there's that n- there's so. no explicit skip though, but also like I'm not replaying fights. Mm-hmm. So the so I will just say up front, the game itself is bad. The only reason I was here was for the new story writing, which is what I want to talk mm-hmm. about. Uh, so Polly, remember what uh, Neptunia did with the third game? Yeah. They went to another universe. They went to another universe, and yeah. Like and there's they... an, another noir, and another blonde, and another vert there. Oh, and then, no. And that. So it's like Bob and George, <laughs> is what you're saying. I guess. I, I didn't follow that comic to the end. And then, you know, Neptunia Victory 2, they reveal oh, there was also another Neptune, and she's older. Yeah, and she's way so, better. And she's, she's awesome. She's so good. She's got banging ass titties. There's that. <laughs> they made Neptune hot. <laughs> cute hoodie. Very so basically cute what I'm saying is, like, this goes the same route of Neptunia, of having alternate universes now, uh-huh. and then you having to manage, like, different versions of characters in your head. <laughs> but, 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 but without the banging-ass like titties. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, like, basically, this one. game uses alternate... So, the story is that after Season 3 in the game universe, they found a relic that lo- allows them to travel to parallel universes mm-hmm. if there's something in distress in that universe. 
So they use this to just tell a bunch of what-if alternate universe stories that right. are all actually pretty good, I think. So the very first one, they go to a universe where uh, season one, episode one, happened a little differently. Uh-huh. At the concert, it was Subasa that died. Instead Yay! Of <laughs> oh, sorry. I, th- I think Subasa's boring. <laughs> <Reaction>? Holy shit. <laughs> that was so loud. Sorry, I think Subasa's boring. <laughs> So it's okay. a, I think we got so it. it's a universe where Subasa died and Kanade is alive instead, and then this is a Hibiki. much better trade. <laughs> so then in, you don't know anything about Kanade. Right, I so know, he, but she's still better. <laughs> I think, yeah, Kanade would have overshadowed Hibiki probably. Like it's interesting that they didn't have like that kind of leader character. Anyways, mm-hmm. like basically they. A lot of these parallel universes are just like, what if character died? And we use that to tell kind of really sad stories. Because mm. then you go to this universe with our universes, Tsubasa and Hibiki, and it's super fucking awkward for them. Because Tsubasa's like, oh, you died. And kind of days like, hey, you died as well. What the hell? And like, they're trying to reconcile that with the fact that the person they knew still actually died. Right. Like, this is not that person. Yeah. But it's still close mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a lot of kind of awkwardness and, like, sorting out their feelings. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of fun. And then having Hibiki finally get to meet Kanade and actually say stuff like, thank you for giving me this power is was very good oh. for me. And she, But then Kanade's like, oh, yeah, I mean, that wasn't me, but hey, the alternate me sound pretty cool, huh? She actually, like, sacrificed herself for something she believed in. Like, the Kanade in this universe is, like, kind of a fucking wreck at the start. Uh-huh. Because she has had no Ooh. emotional support in the years since. Right. So, um, then there's another... St- so, the next event was... Bad, <laughs> basically. Because it's like, they go to a universe where there are no wielders, and it's a whole thing about, like, oh, we've got to teach the military how to fight the noise. Oh, boy, that sounds boring. Yeah. So, like, the reason these events are kind of frustrating towards the start, especially, is because it's a mobile game, and you have to do the part where you play the game. Yeah. Which means that every single story event in the visual novel part has to end with a fight. Um, which means... Yep. There's oh, a million... Yeah. So, which means... Every single scene has to either end with, oh no, the noise are attacking out of nowhere, or let's go to the training room. Oh, boy. So this one, this is when the game kind of pushed my limits. It's like, oh my god, this is like, the story isn't really going anywhere, and it's really grindy as far as, like, just taking forever, because the game, like, the load times and stuff, it's like, oh, you read, like, five minutes, and oh, time to wait for this battle to finish itself. Okay, go back to the main menu, go back into the next story chapter. Okay, so it really started to frustrate me. So what I realized after Mm -hmm. that point was that, hey, what if I just kind of AFK all that stuff to have have the game acknowledge that I saw the cutscene and then just watch all the cutscenes afterwards in the viewer. Because <laughs> once you unlock something, you can just go and read it like by itself as a visual novel. And right. that works way better. So, next story event was, hey, what if we brought Miku back? This is the okay. universe where Miku moved away after the concert tragedy 
So the hee in that universe is just really sad and angry all the time because she also has no emotional support for the bullying that she went through. Mm-hmm. So she's in distress, and then our universe, Miku, goes over there and is like, hey, do you have this thing called Seishoujin? So, they, so our universe's Miku goes over there and gets that relic back. So they are breaking, you know, the continuity of the universe. Right. Because she's a wielder again now. And it's just, I really, because I love those characters, so especially Miku and Hibiki. It's just this really good story about Miku being the one to save Hibiki this time. And then there's some really rough dialogue where, like, the Hibiki in that universe is like, you're only doing this because you love the Hibiki in your universe. I'm just a replacement. It's it's real rough. Uh, I like this part. I like like how much it's just like using this as an excuse to like deal with mm-hmm. hard character dynamics and emotions. Yeah, like that's by far the best part of this is just like when it's playing with these characters in ways that they really couldn't in the main show because you know a character mm-hmm. died and they're gone, or like hey we're not going to cheat and like just give Miku her Simpho gear back after it got destroyed, and we lost John. No. Oh. Oh well, that's not too big. That's not too big of a loss for anybody, I don't think. <laughs> oh, and he's back. He's back. We were just okay, saying okay. how much we missed you. Yeah, t- completely. Keep talking. <laughs> okay. Um, next universe, they do the same thing again. Where hey, what if a different character didn't die? So remember Maria's sister, Serena. She doesn't die in this universe. They bring her back. The real, the rough thing in this universe is that literally everybody else dies instead. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. And it's like, it's kind of cheap because it feels like a way of them just reducing the number of duplicate characters. Mm -hmm. Because like in the previous one with Miku, there was another Tsubasa in that universe. And she's just kind of in the background. Right, right. So in this universe... They're just like, oh, yeah, so Serena didn't die, but Maria did. And they imply that Kirika and Shirabe also died. And then they ask about Fine, and they're like, oh, yeah, the Fine incident. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, she killed everybody <clears throat> and then and then died herself. And Hibiki is just like, wow, sounds like there's all sorts of universes out there, <laughs> like not acknowledging the fact that she died. <laughs> so then... Oh, so the weird thing in this one is that they put, after she was injured, they put Serena in a time, like a stasis capsule, so that she didn't get older, for st- you know, because they don't want to change the character design. Yeah, we don't want to change so, the character like, design. <laughs> yeah. So she wakes up, like, seven years later, and then sees Maria as an adult, but it's, you know, it's the Maria from our universe. Right. And she's, and they they haven't told her that the one in her universe is dead. <laughs> So the whole thing is like Maria, like pretending to be that universe's oh, Maria. Geez. Yeah. Oh, See again, man. there's always a hook that makes it kind of ugly that I really like. Where like they have to mm-hmm. again, like by the end, like the cat gets out of the bag and the like. Oh, like this sounds more interesting than the show. <laughs> oh man. I wasn't gonna say it. Again, <laughs> like, this I'm, like, stuff is like interesting character dynamic and ugliness that, like, oh, I like this stuff. Keep in mind, I'm also like pulling the best moments out of like five hours of visual novel, oh, clicking boy. through. Oh boy! So that one is pretty good, and almost 
almost made me like Maria a little bit. But let's not get carried away. Yeah, because she had to carry a lot of that one. And, like, that one felt the most like, man, maybe she did need this little sister character to kind of bounce off of Mm -hmm. at times in the main show, Mm -hmm. which she doesn't have. It's also really weird now because, like, Maria has her little sister back and then Tsubasa has Kanade back. Mm -hmm. So they kind of don't need each other anymore. Right. God, there's one oh, there's one line in the Miku universe where like Maria jokes about going on a date with that universe's Subasa while Miku goes on a date with that universe's Hibiki. I'm just like, wow, this is scandalous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it cheating if you date the alternate universe version of your girlfriend? No, it's it's absolutely not. Okay. okay, there we go. Uh I wouldn't well, I will I don't know. I'll pretty quick. I'm not sure I'd <laughs> I'm totally sure fine. Agree. I'm fine with this idea. <laughs> so I've seen a ton. So the, also with the release of the Serena event, they also went, oh, by the way, the game is shutting down in three months. And everyone oh. was like fucking oh. floored. <laughs> mm. So I've seen the timeline for where the story goes mm-hmm. in the Japanese version. Mm-hmm. There's like even more alternate universes. And then they all start doing like they keep going back to the same ones to like progress through the seasons in each of those universes and how each major event would play out. Uh So it's it's fucking crazy of like, Oh, here's, you know, universe two with the simple G G, the simple gear G story. And then here's universe three with the simple gear GX story. Like they just really milk as much as they can out of it. We're never getting, this is so bonkers. It's so bonkers. And we're never going to get to see any of that because it's shut down now. Yeah. Are you getting the fan translations like you were getting before? The, the fan out? translations are super sparse because there's a lot of text and there's a lot of events. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much that's going to carry forward. But I think there's definitely way more I'm interest in it right now. So they did do mm-hmm. one more event. like they, they watched like one more event like two weeks before the game shut down because they probably just had all this stuff translated already. Yeah. They do oh. it. They do another story where they go back to the universe with Kanade and basically retell... A, a super similar story to Simple Gear G. Because oh. it ends with, like, the bad guy wants to put everybody in the in the world to sleep and have them die, basically. And then Kanade sings, and then that gets picked up on the satellite as well. So everybody in the world hears her song, and they're like, wow, seven billion people. You know, it's the whole same thing. Ugh. But mm-hmm. it was very good. The other thing that they do in the game is, like, they start having them be able to wield two relics at the same time. What? To give them like super powerful oh, forms, like their next forms, basically. Oh, I love that! It's so I good. I love that digi. I love that Digimon shit. <laughs> give me that Digimon shit. I love it. So this God, wasn't. Yes. So this isn't in our version, but I know that Chris's her next level one is Ichivol and the armor she had in season one at the same time. Oh wow! And I think that sounds really cool. That's of her like re- pretty yeah. badass. It's her kind of retaking that thing that was used as like to abuse her basically in the yeah past. It, it's like like that's our that you could make a really cool reclaiming agency story with that yeah uh i've seen cool. hibikis like it's that. just called mjolnir so it's like kind of continuing the norse theme from right, Gunganir. Right, yeah and it's just it's just these two fucking gigantic cameras behind her i mean what like with a character like that you don't have to think too hard on what, yeah. what you do like with a weapon like that 
I'm just like, I have no idea where the story goes, but I'm just like, because just seeing like, oh, it's the end of the Gallahorn story. I just think, oh, yeah, Hibiki probably punches the concept of the multiverse. That's probably pretty That's fucking cool. probably where they're going, yeah. But the game is shut down now. Alas. And like a, and like a week later, the translation group was like, hey, we got all the scripts. Even stuff that was translated and not put into the game, we got. And I'm like, how did you do that? How'd you do that, guys? And I don't know. Hmm. So they got the fan- the translated script? They got the entire English script, including stuff that wasn't put into the English version. That's interesting. Like, I don't know how they did that. Because there was supposed to be like Is a bonus scene released? at the end of the last event that never got put into the game, but they put it up on their website. And like they have this whole, like cool. it's not Flash, but it feels like Flash, like web player, They're that deep- just ah. feels like playing the game, except it's a little bit smoother because mm-hmm. it's 60 FPS now and it doesn't lag like the actual game did. You had to feel I like that, poking uh, at that when there was a Miku event. Hmm? You had to feel like at some point that they could take that idea or that container and if you're diligent enough, if, you're, if your fan base is diligent enough, you could just translate the visual novel parts that are coming out now and yeah. then have them put that in that engine or, or that container. Oh. Like, I think that that's your play there. Oh, they're, they've been doing that. They have, like, scattered events from the Japanese version, but it's, like, because the stuff, like, kind of wants to go in order, mm-hmm. it, like, it's kind of overwhelming. Like, you don't even know where to start with reading it right. because they don't have a ton. And there's mm-hmm. just a ton to translate, yeah. and I think they're a pretty small group. Mm. Yeah, I hope they will get there in the, in the future. Cool. So that's it's more Simpho gear to talk about. More more Simpho gear. Look for please look for please please wait warmly for more Simpho gear in the future. Uh, you may be waiting a bit. We're probably not done. So is that so, it? Paul, you got anything else? Yeah, I got, I'm done. I got nothing else. Uh, oh, okay. I, I got nothing else right now. Um, so I guess that means we're just gonna get on out of here. Um, huh. For, for the time being, but we'll be back. Uh, I don't know if it'll yeah. be a couple of weeks. Uh, we might have to do the next episode on a Saturday. Um, <sighs> we'll see. Okay. Uh, because I, I've got something planned on the 30th that, um, like, mm-hmm. and, and I can't change it because it's the only time the person has to record. So we might have to do, we might have to do the next episode on the 29th, which would be a Friday, which would be a Saturday, which that should still be fine. Okay. Right. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and pack ourselves up on out of here of course i want to thank everybody for listening everybody for coming out hanging out with us tonight uh it's been great as always of course we always appreciate the bits and the subs as well everybody say magnifique um so john fire where can the internet folks at large find you faraway and rent where can the internet folks at home find you crunchyroll.com slash simple gear i don't know if that's the actual url but try it anyways it just look for <laughs> crunchyroll on simple gear i guess uh and you can find me at a dumb website uh, anyway um again thanks again for coming out and remember we are the podcast loves you we're the only ones that love you <laughs>